Hey guys, how you living? You doing well? Good. Glad to hear that. So in this episode, my buddy Austin from uh, the Sound Systems over on 544, where you need to go get all of your guitar strings and any kind of uh, musical equipment that you need to use, you should check there first. Uh, 544 Sound Systems, it is right across the street from Lowe's Foods on 544, right next to... What's all in that little uh, complex? I can't think of what else is there. It's right, there's a McDonald's and a Zaxby's across the street. It's right across the street from Zaxby's on 544. Go there and get all of your music things and items from Austin. But anyway, Austin stopped by to talk about all sorts of things. And uh, we didn't have any, any notes or anything. It was just natural conversation. And I think that leads to a better uh, bit of content for you guys. So I think that we pretty much tied all of our loose ends and we completed all of our uh, thoughts that we started. I think we, we, we finished everything we started conversation-wise. So very good episode, I thought. Great conversation. We're right around the two-hour mark on this one, so you can listen to it in blocks. If it's not your thing, to listen to the whole thing at once. I don't blame you. I do the same thing. Um, but we talked about... All sorts of all sorts of things. Like he has a really really interesting concepts and philosophies and ways. He has a, he has a really good philosophy and really good morals. And he talked about that a lot. And he uh, is is very authentic and the person who you can trust when they say these things. I absolutely believe everything that he says. He believes, and uh, that that's rare that you see in a human. But anyway. Uh, check out the YouTube version of this to uh, see. He's very authentic about uh, about how he how he speaks and how he talks about things, and very knowledgeable as well. So, check out the YouTube. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Um, go to our Patreon, where I will also be posting this. And if you feel, uh, if the Lord has laid it on your heart. <laughs> See, we talked about church uh, in this one, so so yeah, you'll hear some church talk. But it, seriously, if if you feel compelled to, uh, or if you dig anything that I've got going on here on the podcast, and you want to help out at all, the uh, Patreon is the way to do that. If you want to commit to a monthly amount, that way uh, we uh, you will be privy to content that not everybody else will get. There will be special things that that you will receive as a Patreon member, and uh, any any. Any per, any donation will go down as a producer and uh, has from day one, and I appreciate all the donations that we've gotten from GoFundMe already. And uh, but yeah, Patreon is just a cleaner uh, a cleaner way of of, uh, of dealing with the with that transaction rather than GoFundMe. But anyway, I'm not going to bore you with all that nonsense. Go to the Facebook page, MI Stuff Podcast on Facebook. Like the podcast page. Go to Instagram, MI Stuff Podcast on Instagram. Twitter, follow us on Twitter at MI Stuff Podcast. Search MI Stuff Podcast on Google and click everything that comes up and subscribe to all of the things. Go to the YouTube, click all of the subscribe buttons. Everything. If you go to our YouTube page on desktop, every single website that I just mentioned is linked up in our cover photo on our YouTube page. So check that out. Stay up to date on all the material. Uh, Austin suggested that you guys watch Queer Eye, watch um, Jane the Virgin, I think he called it, and there's a couple more things that he suggested too, but I can't remember. 
But you'll hear about him in a second. So anyway, without further ado, episode number 78 of MI Stuff featuring Austin Perry. Enjoy, motherfuckers. We're live and direct here in sunny Myrtle Zone, South Carolina. Not very sunny, though, is it? No, nah, I mean, it's been cloudy for the past couple of days. That voice that you hear is my buddy Austin. Who is responsible for these microphones that we're speaking in for the for for most part? Yeah, man, selling stuff is really fun. Well, for that, for those people not in uh, on the, in the know, I guess Austin here works at Sound Systems on five forty four, which I think I did a I think I did like a short uh, like a pitch talk maybe. Uh, Once I think you did, yeah, on here. I think you pitched us. I think I did Soldier Strings or something, and you wanted to pitch us or something. Yeah, I, I think know. I did that, and uh, yeah. So definitely go to Sound Systems Five Forty Four to get all of your instrumentational needs. Yeah, we do repairs. I fix guitars all day long. It's really fun. I like working on them. If you got a nice one, that's cool too. I like to play them. Just bring them in to show them to me. I don't care. <laughs> I'll let you play an amp or something. Yeah, I gotta fix my case. I did some work to my case the other day, and I'm just like I, I feel like most of the time, like uh, Tom Cruise from Days of Thunder. Oh, like I I know how to play it, but I just don't know how to. I don't know what to do. I don't know how to fix it. I don't know what to do anything. But, That's okay, man. But I just feel like it, it feels like a responsibility, you know, that you have as a guitar player, as a musician, to know how to. You'd be surprised at how many people don't take care of their instruments, though. Yeah, dude, I sat. There was a uh, J45, a Gibson J45 acoustic that came in, and it was, I don't know, maybe 90s, so it was maybe like 20 years old kind of thing. So yeah. not old enough to really be vintage, but old enough to still be old. And it had yeah. a nitro coating on it, which is really hard. You can't polish it a certain way. But it literally had probably about a millimeter's worth of caked-on, like, smoke that this guy had. Oh, and, like, man. It looked just... like he had just blow like... Every cigarette he ever smoked just blew right on top of his guitar. Oh, man. So it took me, like, four days of just cleaning this thing with rubber gloves and uh, naphtha. Man, it was freaking terrible. Now, here's a question. <laughs> when, you, when you when you at home, do you leave your guitar in the case or out? Uh, it all depends. During the wintertime, I keep mine in the case just because I like to keep it, like, humidified correctly and all that stuff. But during yes. the summertime, I mean, I live, like, a block away from the beach. So there's nothing. There's not really much I can do. So I just keep it out and... As much as I can, but I have a husky, huh. so I can't keep it. Like uh, every yeah. I got to keep it like in the bedroom. So it's, I hear you. Yeah. What's funny is you, you saying the guy guy must have uh, smoked blew every cigarette that he ever smoked uh, on this guitar. So I'm thinking like my bench smelled like cigarettes after he left. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was terrible. Well, I, I'm thinking like, dude, because I, I keep mine cased. My guitar is yeah. always in the case, yeah. and I always have. I don't know why, but I just I I leave it cased. I, well, actually, I do know why. We had dogs once had a Great Dane, and they got in a fight in my room. And like, I have a giant scratch on my guitar from when my dogs did that. It was just a huge scratch, and it was like the first imperfection that my guitar got. Like, and that I because I took really good care of it, like it was a showpiece. Yeah, but that's okay though. I mean, but dude, if you if people who've seen it now, you know what it looks like. It's, well, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I like guitars like that. Like my guitars are. I don't know. They're kind of messed up. Like they yeah. have like nicks where I've dropped them and stuff. Like I know my favorite guitar sat in my parents' like shed basically for I don't know ten years. Like I didn't touch yeah. it. Like it outside in the weather. Like in its case, just kind of it was a, it was in a bag. Like it was in like in an uncontrolled like warehouse, just kind of like chilling for like ten years. And now I play that thing every night. And it man, 
I love the way it aged. I'm sorry I did it to it. Like I feel really bad because I treated the guitar badly. But now that I know better, I'm glad I'm treating it right. But about what year is it? It is a 1994. They made them different back then. Yeah, and it's a it's a 1994 Mexican uh, Squire series Strat. It's Fiesta Red. I love yeah. this guitar, and it has a one ply pickup, and that's the only thing different, like between like the regular uh, Mexican series, like made in Mexico's. Because back yeah. then, Squire series, like Squire wasn't, it wasn't the same. It was still a Fender. It's yeah. like a black label Fender with a Squire series and like a little, or on the side of the headstock. Yeah. And then, cool part about the guitar is that it actually there was a fire in February of 1994 that year. In their uh, Mexican factory, yeah. So all they sent all of their production over to Southern California factory. So there were a couple of guitars, I think about 150, that were actually put together and made. Everything all actually in America, then sent back to Mexico to yeah. have put serial numbers <clears throat> and stuff on them, and then boom, sent back to sold as Mexican guitars, but they were actually. American American. I think I actually have one of them. I like to think I have one. It's, I like it. Well, a lot of people don't don't realize that. I'm pretty sure that the, uh, um, the the Mexican factory is like 40 miles away from the American factory. They're literally across the border. Yeah, it's just right across the border. It's not even. That's why, like, it's not hard to believe that they sent some stuff over there to be, yeah, put together. Like, it makes sense. Like, I don't see why not. Yeah, I, absolutely. That my guitar's in that bag right behind you. That is a uh, twenty-five dollar uh, Squire uh, like Mexican a, Squire. That's, that's just awesome. That that's my electric. I mean, it's the only electric that I have. And guitars are like that though. Like I've played PRSs and like I don't know. I played a seventeen hundred dollar three thirty-five the other day, like a two thousand seventeen, and I absolutely hated it. Like it was, it was one of the worst guitars I've ever held in my life. I got, and I was the guy really? that, yeah, I'm the guy that set it up and I set it up to it's like exact specs, like exactly how the guy wanted it. And he was in love with the way it played. And he asked me how I liked it. And I was like, well, it plays really well, but I hate the shape of the neck and I hate the way the pickups sound. And I hate like, you know, it was just all my personal preference. Cause you know, he asked me what my, is, is it too was. much? Uh, yeah, the neck too much. I think the neck was just way too much for me. I mean, I'm used to playing that really early '90s Strat neck, real thin, thin and everything. It's almost like a Telecaster, but with a less harsh shape. For those of you not familiar with this, you have no idea the m- amount of muscles that are in your hand until you go and play a guitar with a neck that you're not used to, oh my and God. then you feel all of them. Joey let me play his Gibson 347 on a show one night, and it's this beautiful blonde. Like LTD, beautiful, gorgeous yeah. guitar, and it, you know it made me sound way better than I actually am. And <laughs> the next day, I like came back to work and I was like putting it all together. And Joe was like, "How was it?" And I was like, "It's really good, but now my hand hurts and my shoulder hurts." And I was like, "It's yeah. way heavier than anything I'm really used to going." Because I mean, I got a Les Paul, but I don't play it. It's too heavy. Yeah, it's too big of a guitar for me. Yeah, I I, I had a um, that seven string that I was telling you about, I had an Ibanez seven string that was just a solid body, like just really big guitar. It was kind of like an SG. Yeah. It was like Ibanez version of an SG, but it was so damn heavy. Well, and I don't, I'm not a big fan of SGs either. I think they make me look fat whenever I hold them. Like, <laughs> man, uh, a lot of guitars do that to me, man. A I know that's a ridiculous statement, but I just think, I don't know. I like the way I look with, I have like my Fiesta Red Stratocaster on, yeah. you know, or I have like, I've got a, uh, uh, 
5620, I think. I grabbed like a big old hollow body orange thing, and I like the way I feel like yeah. a, I feel like Chet Atkins when I'm holding that guitar, you know. But whenever I hold an SG, like I'm not gonna play Crazy Train. Like, what am I? Like, <laughs> <laughs> that's great. <laughs> but know. nah, I. Uh, I feel that way about my guitar. Like my guitar is just it, it, it fits me perfectly. Like I feel mm-hmm. like my guitar looks like me, and I look like it. It should. And yeah, and I'm. I feel. I don't know. I, I played mandolin with Josh Brandon one night, who actually mm. called me a while ago asking for a cable, and I didn't answer the phone in time. But uh, sorry, man. Yeah, sorry, Josh. <laughs> Uh, but anyway, yeah, I, I played mandolin with him one night, dude, and I'm a big guy, and, and just a mandolin is, you know, this size, and I'm, like, up here. Man, you should come see us play sometime uh, when the band Suavocado, you know, is like me and well, you Panda. got the ukulele. Yeah, we got the ukulele yeah. player, and he, like, jams out, and we play, like, Pink Floyd, and we'll do Grateful Dead, and then we'll, and then yeah. we'll jump into, like, Aaliyah and Drake, and we'll do, like, some <laughs> TLC, and it's it's fun. We do, like, Hot Fish and Bubba's and all that's that it's like, like a cornbread set. Yeah, it's like it's ridiculous, but that's then, awesome, yeah, man. It's a lot of fun, man. But the ukulele player, we always have somebody ask us because it always looks ridiculous because he's you know standing next to you know Panda who's you know a giant and then yeah. plays bass, and then me who you know, I'm look like me, and then him who's having this tiny little yeah ukulele chilling on stage and we're jamming out to Earth Wind and Fire like <laughs> like oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, by the way, on the 21st of September, we did that show at Bubba's, and we got tipped to play it, I think, four times that in one night. Hell yeah. And we just kept doing it, but I'm I'm good with never playing that song again. Oh, man. Well, <laughs> as, as you're saying that, I'm thinking like, well, shit, that is a much better song to have to play multiple times in a night than Tennessee Whiskey oh my or, God. or uh, can't do Wagon it, Wheel. I can't do it. Most of those songs, like I do Wagon Wheel and stuff, but I got to a point where I couldn't actually play them like the original tunes. Like, yes. I, like, and then all of a sudden, like none of my songs started sounding like the original. I started not doing them in like the even the correct key. That's healthy. No, I think so too. I think as, as a musician, it's good to yes. you know start and you're like, hey, I really appreciate this song. I'm going to learn this song, and then you start doing there, and then all of a sudden you take that and then you change it over to you know your own jam. Like right now, I'm I'm trying to do a jam between. Um, What's that song? Uh, Sarah Smiles and Genuine's Pony. Oh, yeah. Shit. You can do a you can do a crossover <laughs> between the two. So and it's actually really cool. Like it, like that's it all, pretty wicked. It all matches like in between the two. So it's all the chords work. So that's pretty, pretty awesome. I encourage any musician to go out of their comfort zone and create a new song underneath the existing lyrics of a song you love and jam out it's well worth it for your soul it's well worth it for your musicality it's awesome man it is and it does so much like you say for your soul like it it really especially if you feel like oh man i'm doing the same shit over and over and over and you get bored that is a way to remedy that immediately it's awesome i've been stuck uh stuck in a rut for i don't know a year and a half now like where i can't like write anything and all of a sudden the past couple days i've tracked two entire songs that my cousin and I have written, you know, we're putting out his whole album and everything and, and we couldn't figure out anything. And all of a sudden in two days, I've tracked two songs almost entirely. And now we're just got to do some vocals and boom, we got two songs almost completely done that we've been trying to do for a year and a half. Dude, that's Inspiration great. strikes in crazy times and you never know when it's going to go. So you just got to take it and ride it, man. How often is it when it's just inconvenient? Oh, 
all the time, and it sucks. And you, and you lose so many gems. Like man. this will be great, and then you forget about it, and it's gone. Man, that happens to me more often than not. Especially having like a husky. Like yeah. I live in like a small, you know, one bedroom apartment with me, my girlfriend, and a husky. And whenever I'm jamming out, you know, they're in the same room as me all the time. And yeah. So I'm jamming out, doing my thing, and you know, they're really good about letting me. You know, she's awesome about letting me do whatever I yeah, want. Yeah, that's good. And so it's a great, and she doesn't mind playing music. And, you know, it's, she gets serenaded every day. It's pretty terrible, right? Yeah. But, uh, like, there gets to a point where, like, my dog is being bad or something goes on, and you know, or the TV's on, and I don't want to be mean to her because, you know, it's her living space as yes. well. And, you know, you have to that's make compromise and be considerate. And it just goes to a point where all of a sudden your inspiration is, like, you're also fighting it. And you're like, like, there's not a point, like. I'm done. Like it's over. It's done. Like, and it sucks. Like, cause then you lose, you lose momentum. Absolutely. You do. Like, and it just sucks. <clears throat> I'll, I'll, I'll be, I'll be in this situation. And to be honest with you, I actually bought a specific shower curtain for this purpose because all your best ideas happen where? In the shower, man. Every single time. Right. I wrote every song that my high school band played. I was in a high school ska band called The Knights from Around. <laughs> it was <laughs> terrible and awesome at the same time. That's great. Yeah, and I wrote every single one of those songs that we were playing in the shower. It was great. They were all terrible and they were all gitchy. And I don't That's why you're the most band. creative. Where you're the most creative is in the shower, and I don't know why that is. I have a shower curtain that I bought that allows my phone to be on the outside oh, of the shower curtain. And, like, I'll, 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 like, voice recorder, and I'll, like, just talk. And, and just that's awesome. you know, like that's that's the way to do it. I, I don't know if anybody else. I'm sure nine hundred and ninety nine percent of the people who bought that shower curtain had one specific purpose for buying it. I might have to figure something out. I have a sliding glass door, like on my shower. Yes, yeah. like one of those like Japanese where you slide it one way and then you can slide it the other way, kind of thing, like crazy. But get, get a Ziploc bag, man. Just, I got an Alexa. Maybe I'll just turn Alexa on. It's listening anyway, dude. Dude, so um, the the FBI. Why can't she remind me, dude? The FBI requested the echo tapes from some house where some murder happened or something awesome. like that. They requested the echo tapes, which means that this thing is legit, constantly listening, constantly recording. Government, if you're watching me, um, you're welcome. <laughs> That's all I have to say to that. You are welcome for all of the classified information on my personal life. It is fabulous. If you say so myself. <laughs> Dude, I've lived ever since, listen, ever since I saw the Truman Show as a kid, I've been living like I've been on film. So I, Sometimes it feels like that. Like, I'm not kidding. Like, all of a sudden today, my dad was like, you know, he's at this convention in Florida, and he ran into a company that I used to work for, and then... A guy came into my shop where his son currently took a job that I literally had for the company that I used to work for. Wow. Yeah. And it like, it's coincidence is amazing. It's like, who's writing this script? Not me. I don't write anything, man. Once you realize that you're not writing the script, life's a lot easier to get along with. That's why I had to move back down to here to the beach, man. I was away for about 10 years and came back. And I'll tell you what, it feels wonderful to live next to something so humbling like the ocean. And yes, and not a lot of people like they, a lot of people take it for granted and they say, Oh, I haven't been at the beach, you know, all year and stuff. Well, that's cool. But you literally live next to something so vast. We have no idea 
how deep it really is or what's down there or yeah. what's what's going on. We've, you know, barely explored any of it. We've explored more of space than we have Absolutely. Of our in the ocean. That, that and, was a stat I was going to use. Yeah, and we literally live, what, a block from here is the ocean? Yep. Like, it's freaking humbling, man. It really is. And and I'm one of those people who never goes to the beach. But knowing that it's that's there, okay. yeah, knowing that it's there yeah. is enough. It really is. And, and man, I worked for beach services in North Myrtle Beach for mm. ever. Like, I couldn't I, do that. Like I, I, I like every single day, like six thirty, I'm out there digging holes for umbrellas, going by, popping umbrellas in the holes, and yeah. carrying the chairs out, and waiting for somebody to rent them. And like I did that every single day for a really, oh, really fucking long umbrellas. time. Yep, blue umbrellas, man. When you look out of your when you when, when you when you're on vacation, ladies and gentlemen, and you come down to the beach and you look outside and you see those perfect rows of blue umbrellas that go on there there are people who are paid handsomely to do that. They are, and it's it's really cool. Most money I, mean, I made in my life. That's awesome. Most money I made in my life, like in, for for the amount of work, like I would go out there and I would work for thirty minutes, do my thing, go sit under my umbrella and just chill, read. I read the Bible in an entire I read the Bible in a, in, in the summer. Man, I I paid student loans to do that. <laughs> Dang! Did I, you do religion? Uh, oh, I went to North Greenville University for a year. And, oh yeah, yeah Wesleyan. Uh, no, up in uh, it's like Southern Baptist Convention. Okay, and so we went, I went there, and you know they make you go to church like twice a week, and yeah. they uh, make you take New Testament survey, Old Testament survey, and that's where they read, make you read like the Pseudepigrapha and the Apocrypha, and you know all those crazy books in between that you know aren't considered the Word of God yeah, yeah, and yeah. stuff. And it's it's kind of fun because whenever you start to get into a conversation with somebody about religion, and then they start to bring up scripture and stuff, and then you start to actually quote scripture as well, they start to freak out because they're like, I don't know as much as this person. Like, oh my God. Do <laughs> Have I read this as much as you're? And you're like, it doesn't really matter yeah. because nobody really cares. Like, it's like if you're already starting to argue about it, like you're the only person that really yeah, cares exactly. about it. And and when you're reading something like the Bible, man, it's I don't know. It's I looked at it more of like a, a story. Like when I was as looking, did so, I. yeah, like I looked at it like, oh my god, okay, I want to read the story of Jesus Christ. Let's check yes. this out and let's see what it is and let's get exactly what the writers or him or whatever it is is trying to get across because it's what there's like 40 different writers of the bible (laughs) yeah uh, yeah it's that's the thing that got me is that you know i come from a very very christian family that's me man i got i mean my family uh, they own a church yeah (laughs) or run a church i don't know if you can really own a church yeah exactly well i get what you mean (laughs) because i graduated from a christian academy and uh there was a church Associated with that, and the I, like the administrator was my best friend's dad, one of my best friend's dad, and like I knew a lot about the going ons inside the church, and like sat in on all the board meetings and whatnot, and just you hear all of the stuff that goes on within them, and I lived that entire that life for all of my all of my childhood basically, and I think that I got out and just realized. That I got out into the world with some people who weren't in that circle and realized, oh, man, like there's a huge misunderstanding of what Christians are that have been created by a lot of idiot Christians. Well, yeah, I think hypocrisy is one of the biggest things that riddles Christianity in general. Yes. And I think that that's a 
a bad thing because I think a lot of people they like to group all Christians together and they like to say you know well, well and that's not just any just Christians that's any group too. well yeah, that, yeah yeah that's any group whether you know yeah. when you see all the you know the different terms for every single political spectrum on Facebook I mean literally there's a term for everything now and it's Absolutely. ridiculous and people like to group everybody together and they like to pinpoint different problems on people and they like to do all stuff but I think people are the problem with that is that everybody's trying to fight symptoms. Yes. And, and like they're all, it's like they're trying to fight like a runny nose rather than actually fighting a virus or like, you know, like they're, they're missing the point and they're looking at it so skin deep rather than actually fighting through all the crappy nonsense and stuff and actually trying to fight what is causing all of the turmoil yes. that's been going on in the first place. And I think it's hard for people to find that. And I think in Christianity, one of the biggest issues within the problem with any PR stunt they got going on, any thing that happens within the Catholic church and happens within like the Protestant, any section of it, it all boils down to some sort of hypocrisy within those people. Absolutely. And it's, and I think they try to hold themselves up to this impossible standard. Like they're human beings. Everybody's going to be, uh, and you have to understand that. And I think a lot of the newer, younger age Christians are starting to do that kind of mentality where they have, I'll have a lot of guys that come into my store that are, they're freaking kick-ass guys, man. And they're like leaders of churches and they're just freaking awesome. And I want to hang out with them all the time. And I don't know a single guy, what, above the age of 50 that runs a church that I would Wanted really chill with? Yeah, I mean, I, I feel the same way. But I do see, I was part of a Bible study not long ago with a, a John Schaefer, who's Adam. Nice. Adam, you know John. Yeah. Uh, John Schaefer is Adam's brother-in-law. Okay. And uh, I did a Bible study with him for a really long time. And he's one of the, he's one of the few people who actually gets what church is. Mm-hmm. He said that if he could, he could get by with not having a building, he would. Well, I mean, that's the whole part of, you know, being the, like, you know, the upper room fellowship, you know, a lot of people miss that part where, you know, they would just find wherever they could and just worship in any way possible, whether it was anything. We started a church in college when I was actually at North Greenville that was kind of based off that. We would just kind of go wherever we really could, invite whoever really wanted to come, and then we'd all have dinner, and instead of preaching out of the Bible, what we would do is we'd, anybody have a problem? Like, what's going on in your life? Anybody feel led to just ask a question and need some help? And then we'd go from there, and then we'd use the Bible as a kind of like a dictionary that's a really next generation way of doing yeah and it it was it was that kind of way and it was a as far as churches go it was my favorite form of church i've ever been a part of like to be honest with you because it was honestly i felt like it was using something that was supposed to be used for good it took the theatrics away yeah there was no theatrics it was just like yo this is this is what this says. What do you guys think about this? Let's interpret this in a way that we can help ourselves or other people or any way possible. Like you want to help people. So, yeah. Now I wonder you, you've, I, I assume you've been in church, church bands. Oh yeah. I grew up playing in fellowship yeah, bands. Same here. Like yeah, yeah. Uh, I have explained this to listeners several times, but I feel like I may, I feel like I may be a little harsh about how, grueling that take that process is no it's it's i mean learning especially i don't know i played like a lot of praise and worship like yes you know, a lot of, and it's a lot of those airy same here especially nowadays i mean you gotta have pads yeah, everything everything's going to town and yeah. things and and then i the crazy thing was this man hold on so i started playing in like really basic 
evangelical like Christian bands, you know, yes. you know, all that airy, you know, play in G and let's, you know, do some sevenths and some ninths and, you know, hold the reverb, make it drip forever kind of thing. And, yeah. you, know, you know, and I loved it and it was great. And then I was getting more into drumming and I said, okay, I'm going to really like play for something else, you know, and then I got asked to play for a church, a Pentecostal holiness church. Oh, they get down. Oh man, I was not prepared. <laughs> like, I graduated I, from Pentecostal high school. Yeah, man, I thought I was a good drummer, and that nope, I was not prepared for that. And I'll Dude. tell you what, it, playing with those dudes was one of the best musical experiences of my life. And it talk about playing some real gospel music. Whenever you start to do like a shout, man, it's like going to town, they, and like you they can't don't even let up. like it, it. It's continued to inspire my music for the last I don't know fifteen years. Oh yeah, well I, that that's that since since I since I started doing that journey, like it really. That's happened. one thing though. It, it, well, and what main, mainly what I'm what I was what I was getting at, I guess, is that uh, for me, you just don't realize how much work goes into being in a church band, and, and for oh, me, it, it robbed me of the passion of going to church. That's fair. I mean, there's a lot of. I don't know. There's a lot of responsibility that goes into running yeah. different parts of like an actual church. Cause people forget that church is still a business, you know, it's still people have to live and people have to get paid and people have to do certain things and yeah. for a church to run, you know, certain things has to happen, you know, and that's why you tithe and give money and donate and all sorts of stuff like that. So it can't, but the problem is, is that the people running that it does drain it. It's when you take something you love and you turn it into a job, it's yes. not nearly as fun. And people forget that, just because it's a religion, that doesn't mean that it can't also apply to that. That same rule, like you know, absolutely. I, like I took music and I took it into a job, but I figured out a way that I like to do it to yes. make to make money doing it, rather than you know forcing myself to you know do something I hated. I chose to do something I like. But a lot of these pastors, a lot of these young guys that are getting into like you know leading worship leaders and stuff like that, they're quickly finding that turning something they love to do into something they have to do is a negative yeah. experience for them. And it sucks because that got me. Yeah. And it sucks because it's, it's hard on you. It's hard on churches. It's hard on your community and you know, people well, then, and we're if, humans. We're supposed to be in a community. <laughs> yeah. And then, and then if you get to the situation where if you truly are a believer and then you feel like, Oh man, you know, like my heart is not mm-hmm. in the right place. I cannot properly lead these people in worship because and that's guilt that you should my have, heart's man. in the wrong place. And, and yeah. that's what I thought, man. I was like, you know, I should not feel this way. I shouldn't have this guilt, but I do. And I did. And I, I played, uh, I was in the Ocean Drive Presbyterian Church band up in North Myrtle Beach on 6th Avenue mm-hmm. for a couple of years. And that is every Saturday at 11 rehearsal, every Sunday, and then uh, Wednesdays I would do some youth group stuff too with the with the youth band. And it was just like, it was sort of like, a job doing the thing that I like to do. And rather than, and, and I've, I've even told Smitty and Adam, I was like, you know, cornbread seems more like punching a clock than, than some other things. And I get the, but that's okay. But that's okay because I get, you know, the American sound or I get my solo thing so I can, you know, do, you Mm -hmm. know, keep, keep that, that garden watered. And I just felt like confined by the, by the church, by the church band and felt like I was like, Oh man, now I'm not looking forward to going to do the thing that I used to love, you know, gain, gain nourishment from, you know, spiritual well, nourishment. Well, it was robbing me of that. It, well, guilt is a really, is a really, 
I don't know. It's an interesting subject because when you start to think about it and you, once again, I think it's more of you're, you're looking at symptoms, you know, yeah. at least when I, when I think about myself and I start to think of like what I'm guilty of, cause I've been in that exact same you know scenario where I was in this group at church and we were doing our thing. And then all of a sudden it was just horrible and I hated every second of it. And I was miserable. I hated going. I was miserable before because I was going. And then afterwards I was miserable because I went, you know, it was just a horrible experience and I was guilty about it because I didn't want to quit because they didn't have another drummer, you know? Yeah. And it sucks. But I think growing up, I, I, at least now I realized that, I don't know, a really cool quote by Eleanor Roosevelt, I think is, you know, no one can make you feel bad without your consent. Yes. And I think that's a really incredible quote in general, but I think if you apply it to not just, you know, like, Oh, I feel bad. You know, you apply it to, you know, your own self, like this guilt that I'm driving and everything like that. This is my own doing like i'm doing this nobody feels bad like if i can't do something like people understand and they they are humans as well and if you just communicate correctly and you communicate calmly and you are you know you're actually show that you're sorry and you do these things you know you communicate correctly there's no issue then there's no guilt there's no there's it's all gone and so the only person that was making me feel bad about the situation was me these people people understand they got their own problems everybody's got situations. Everybody's got stuff going on. Sometimes you got to leave work. Sometimes you're sick. Sometimes you got to go pick your nephew up because he ran in the road. You know, like, yeah, yeah, sometimes you got to go do crazy things, but everybody has to do crazy things. So the problem is, is a lot of people don't, they forget that. And they think that they're the superstar of their, of the, of the movie going on in the world. Yes. And when in fact, we're all so in, so unbelievably insignificant in the universe that it makes us so unbelievably special that we can do anything we want and it doesn't matter. It's so beautiful and I love it. And we are the only thing that can make us feel bad. That's a really interesting way to look at it. Like, sorry. I mean, I I just, I feel, I feel like I'm not, I don't know. I I don't feel like my idea, my ideals are, aggressive i just feel like it's i don't know i just feel like the rest of the world like if the rest of the world wants to feel bad like that's their problem like i don't have to feel bad that's really interesting because i i've I've dealt with depression for most of my life and it got to the point where i was like you know i could either just decide to feel this way or change my mind yeah you're the only person that can actually help you. Yeah. Man, I know lots of people that battle with depression. And I myself, I mean, I probably tell a story nobody really wants to hear or I probably shouldn't tell, but I don't care. I was in Dubai, you know, working out that way. And they were paying me to uh, pay in, like, what, six-star hotel. Like, freaking meatloaf was in the room next door to me. Like, like ridiculous situation I was being paid to be in to run yeah. the show. I was so depressed, man. I like called my brother, like telling him I was like suicidal, all this stuff. He was ready to fly out of Myrtle Beach International and fly to Dubai, buy a ticket, fly straight out to me, man. He was, he's my best friend in the world and I love him to death and he'd do anything for me. Like it's amazing. But knowing that man, that kind of pulled me out and it really like, I quit my job the next day. I came home. I like really pulled myself out. And then all of a sudden I realized I was like, like, out of all that, like people care. Yes. Like people care about me and people care about you and people care about what's going on in their life. They like, just because they don't 
call you every day and just because they're not like your best friend anymore doesn't mean they don't care about you. You, you know, are that are star yeah. of the movie in somebody's world. Yeah, but that doesn't mean we're the star of the universe or the star of the universe. It, yes. And that's kind of where, where I'm going yeah. around with this. And, and we are important in the fact that we aren't. I guess it's, yes. uh, it, it's, yes. a, it's a hard... It's a hard concept to kind of get around because I know I'm kind of being no, no, a little weird out here. But it's we can do anything we want and you're allowed to be depressed and you're allowed to be happy and you're allowed to not get it right away. And you're allowed to sit there and waddle or, or lie on your couch and watch Netflix for five days in a row. That's yeah. totally okay. Yes. And and people think it's not okay to be depressed and they think it's not okay to do this stuff, but everybody gets that way and everybody's that way and they think yes. they're alone and you're not. And that's where I think a lot of people get guilty and they get depressed and they get, you know, angry or they get, you know, fed up with a lot of stuff is that they think that they're the only ones going through it. And another thing too is that the social media is allowing people to see only the good things in people's lives that they're sharing, you know, out yeah. here. Like you think of the ninety nine percent of the people you see on Facebook are only sharing good things. Yeah, I'm super glad yeah. that guy went to go see that concert that one time, but I don't really care. Yeah. Like that's really cool. I'm like I've got stuff going on at home. You know, like, yes. like and I'm sure just like me behind my Facebook wall, there's stuff going on in my life. I'm sure Everybody else has got stuff going on yes. behind their Facebook wall. Because that's exactly what it is. It's just a wall. It's just something that's literally right in front of us. Hey, this is what I'm going to show you, man. And, like, I post, like, I have a Facebook persona. I'm sure people think I'm this cool dude that plays guitar all this time, that plays all these, like, freaking awesome sexy licks. Because, yeah. you know, that's the, what I'm trying to go for. But I'm just a dude who chills with his dog and watches. Right now we're watching Jane the Virgin. Like, <laughs> like, <laughs> like it's like... Like I like, I just I work on guitars, man. Like, and it's everybody thinks that everybody else on Facebook is so cool, but them. Yeah, and I, I get the I get the same thing. Like, I understand that you you only get to see you only get to see what these people want you to see. Yeah, and I I get that. I know that. I know that this is like their lives are just as fucked up as mine, or or vice versa. And I I don't. I don't see the whole competition of that. Why people feel like they want to make a competition out of life. Well, but that's, that's the thing is they feel that way. We're back at only you can make yourself feel yeah. that way. And it's, it's really like that for any emotion or any feeling, you know, if you want to be happy, only you can make yourself happy. Yes. Like, you know, I chose to, you know, stop being with Feld and Disney and I came home and I started to play music again. Thank God for Mac and Panda and those dudes for asking me to play like, yeah. uh, like, cause otherwise I, I don't know what I would have done and saved my life, man. You got to do what makes you happy. You are the most important thing in your life. It doesn't matter about anything else because like I said, we're so insignificant in the universe. It doesn't matter. Yeah. If you want to be an artist, if you want to be a terrible Bob Ross lookalike, do it. <laughs> walk around downtown and just walk like no one cares. Like, Paint you happy little trees, man. We were watching uh, Queer Eye, like the new Queer Eye right now. Right now, if you haven't seen it, it's freaking amazing. There's this character, or this guy. He's not a character. He's awesome. He's a man, and his name is Jonathan. And he's you know fantastic with his hair, you know, flowing around and everything. And he says this thing called like living your truth, like kind of thing. And at first, I you know I was kind of on my phone, not really paying attention to it. And then I started watching it and crying because you know it's awesome. And <laughs> like, you know, he said that and it kind of like kind of struck with me a little bit. Like, you have to like live your truth, man. Like you got to do you like it doesn't yes. really matter. Like who cares, man? Like just I don't care. 
Do whatever, wonder, man. Wonder why that? <laughs> wonder why that's such a difficult concept for most people to grasp. Well, because a they feel obligated to do certain things, like work a certain job for somebody else, or yeah. they feel like they should do something else. Like, like I don't know. We're pressured by a lot of different areas from our parents, from our friends, from our significant other, from our current job. You know, there's lots huh. of pressure in different areas. I really, and, and, and this is sort of a recurring um, subject on, on the podcast, but I don't really want to blame it all on social media as much as I want to blame it on people's, like, that inherent want to be liked and accepted by those around you. Well, yeah, we're human and, beings. And, and Facebook has just widely broadened that spectrum. Well, it's allowed our communication to go from... Literally, small circles. Small circles. Infinite. To, I mean, we can contact anybody on the on the planet. Yes. Like I like if I get married, like I plan on sending invitations to every millionaire I can find an address to. Yeah, just to see if they'll send me a present. Well, I mean, who knows? They might send me like a car or something, man. <laughs> I saw that. Awesome. I saw that on Facebook. Yeah, I, I saw that on Facebook not long ago. Like, yeah. yeah, when you get whenever you get married, just go Google all these addresses, send them invitations because you know what? Somebody is in charge of reading that mail. Yeah, and somebody's going to see that, and it's their job to to, to respond to these things. Yeah. Think about it. You they never might know send what you a you'll check. Get. You might get a check. You might get who knows. Like, what happens if you send one to like Bill <laughs> Gates, genius. and then he actually shows up? That's genius. Like, it's either they send like it's a win-win situation. They either don't send anything, which okay, cool. They either do that, or they send you something cool. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. Thanks. <laughs> right on. Right. Right on. Or they show up and you have a millionaire at your wedding. In the pictures. It's in the just pictures. worth it to have them in the pictures. Yeah. Like who? What? What? Like send one to like your favorite millionaires, Beyonce. Like Beyonce, Jay Z, show up at your wedding. Oh my god. Like Bill Murray lives in Charleston. Send one to him. Like he seems like the kind of person yeah. that might actually show up. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like you can find. Like, like you can find the, like, Hootie and the Blowfish. They all live in Mount Pleasant. Freaking send them to them. They're all freaking millionaires by now, I'm sure. And you can send them. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And so, like, you can, like, it's like anybody. Because at that point, it could be your favorite people. And they're normal guys. They might decide to drive down for the day and just actually come down to Sunnyside to your wedding. And, like, chill. That's pretty hilarious. Yeah. (laughs) It's a win-win situation all the way around, man. You got to take risks in your life. Because, once again, only you can make you feel good. You see... What I'm realizing is that this this trip around the sun that we take every single year is just a uh, strung together series of ways to cheat the system. In ways, and by cheating the system, I mean breaking out of the norm. The system being the way that people say things should be done. Well, yeah. The problem is, is that people think there are rules. Yes, there are no rules there in this are game. No rules, man. Everybody does something different. Everybody. Somebody likes. Chicken tenders and nacho cheese. Like, that's their preferred menu. I was watching a while ago. When, <laughs> when you walked in, the podcast that I was watching, there's a, a Joe Rogan podcast with, a, I can't remember the guy's names, but they're Canadian restaurateurs. And uh, Joe Rogan said, you know my favorite pizza is? Pineapple and anchovies. Yeah, see, like, that's Joe Rogan, man. That's Joe doing Joe. Like, There's he, no rules. He likes pineapples and my girlfriend, what, she got pineapples and, and olives and a pumpkin spice like sauce 
Blech. Yeah, it sounds terrible. Like, I think there were, like, green peppers on there, too. Like, it was, like, horrible. But she got it, like, five times when they had the sauce. Like, it was apparently awesome. Like, she just loved every second of it. Yeah, not for me. I want, like, I want, like, pepperoni and some, like, garlic and some, like, bacon. I'll take that. Oh, man. So Cheesy crust. So, uh, I haven't done, I haven't done fast food and um, by fast food, I mean like Papa John's, Pizza Hut, Domino's, yeah. McDonald's, anything with a drive through. You or, cut it all out. Yes. Eight months. <sighs> Wish I could do that. Eight months. And the reason that I haven't lost any weight is because I still allow myself to eat anything that I want to eat, but mm. I make myself prepared here. And the so root, you still have like three quesadillas, but they're just your quesadillas. Yes, mean, yeah. Like <laughs> I, I'll still I'll still eat two double cheeseburgers, <laughs> but I'm cooking them. Yeah, you know? I mean like, I I do that as well. I mean I'll we'll cook like chicken breast or something at the house, and I'll cook like two for me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like she gets one. Yeah, I'll do. I mean, the root of all that though, and I've said in episodes past, but not to you, is that. I, I hated to clean my kitchen. Mm-hmm. So, like, it was, I, I just hated to do dishes. I hated to do all that shit. And I never minded it until I lived in a that's, house full of roommates that nobody did dishes. That's the worst, that literally the, the thing I hate most about the house. Is dishes? Is dishes. It's, it's, I don't know. It's just my, like, I will do almost anything to not do dishes. Dude, I, I and I, I'm dishes. the same way. But, but, but you in, have to do them. You have to be an adult yes. and you have to do them. Yes. Like, we're adults. And if I want my house to be clean, once again, I'm the only one that can do it. So I'm yeah. going to make my house to be clean. Like, I'm not going to expect my girlfriend to clean. Like, although she does clean the house and stuff like that, I'm very appreciative and everything. Like, I don't expect her to go back and like, it's not like if she didn't do it, you up. wouldn't. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, it, yes. it's not like it's, it's, you know, you share stuff, but. If I want something done, I do it. Like, I yes. don't expect somebody else to do it for me. Same I mean. here. Same here. And obviously, I, I'm the only one that lives here. So, if you is it. And you know what's funny is when you live by yourself, you're more understanding with a mess. I loved living by myself, man. I like, I love living with my girlfriend, and it's great. And, and cohabitation is definitely where I prefer to be. But I think living by myself was a ridiculous, amazing time. Oh, yeah. Because it's just. Dude, there's you're no rules. You. You're, you're just you. You're just you, man. <laughs> there, are no, there are even less rules when you live by yourself. Yeah. Just do you. But but anyway, but going back to talking about the the, the pizza thing, I'll go Sorry. to I'll go to Walmart. <laughs> I digress. No no no. no. I, I'll go to Walmart and get those take and bake pizzas. Oh yes. And then go get like a, a a little thing of pineapple and chop up some pineapple and just disperse it all. Can't do that. You don't do the pineapple on no, pizza. I don't do, well, I don't like hot. Well, that's not true. I like hot pineapple. I think it's the pineapple and tomato like combo. It's yeah, just, it's just not for me, man. Have you ever had a peanut butter and raw onion hot dog? I don't like onions. Uh, okay, well, they, yeah, they, I don't they, like they, onions. There <laughs> you go. I did have a. Peanut butter and goat cheese burger and bacon burger on Bourbon Street when I was down there. That was really good. Huh. That I wouldn't think about. I know I know that a lot of African dishes uses peanuts and peanut butter in a lot of dishes. Yeah. But India. I've never done it. India as well? I well, know India uses peanuts. Yeah, and like the, yeah, they had a lot of peanuts like just in random dishes and stuff. Yeah. And then, you know, there was just stuff everywhere. So, Huh. Interesting. Yeah. So... <laughs> So we were talking about we were talking about churches and all of that all of that glorious stuff earlier and I kind of I kind of uh made a mental note of something when 
you were reading the Bible and you said yeah. you, you wanted to, you wanted to look at it like, okay, this is, this is a story that I want to read the story of. Yeah. I feel the same way. And I feel that I, that a lot of people who are Christians, like, and I mean like the Bible thumping Christians, mm-hmm. like legit, like my family, I feel like they misunderstand when we say we want to read the Bible as a story rather than the, the solid golden truth from God. Yeah. They, they, they interpret that as I'm a non-believer, you know, F Jesus and F all this stuff, you know, they interpret that automatically. Yes. And that's not the case. When I was looking at the read, sorry, not to interrupt. No, 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 no. When I was looking at it, like I wanted to read it like a story. It was like, I was taking the weight off yes. of the book because like they're like with you know Christianity does come the condemnation you know you're going to yeah. hell basically you know you're, you're living in sin you know that's the that's the whole that's the whole thing it's the whole yeah, shebang shaboodle <laughs> so and when once you take that weight away from you and you look at it like objectively and you take the you know values that it tries to instill in like the old testament and then you realize that the new testament was written to replace all of these rules yes. that were that were way over the top and just un especially in today's society they they'd be considered literally murder absolutely <laughs> and and the problem is that people they don't realize that because they take the whole weight of Christianity and they take it all on their shoulders and they think oh this whole bible old testament new testament I have to follow both I have to have all this you know stuff going on everything's right there it's not that heavy. And the Bible actually tells you that if yeah, you read it. It's literally, it tells you the Old Testament, take its values. They're very good. There's lots of things to learn from that. F that thing. We're going with this new stuff. Yes. Like, this is what you should follow. This is book. It literally says, above all things, love. Yes. That's it. He said, it doesn't, he literally Jesus himself, according to the Bible and according to every Christian that ever said that that's his word, the end all be all statement in the Bible, in my opinion, is that one. Yeah. Above all things, love. Love. That's it, man. And and, and the golden rule is just so simple. Well, that's in every religion, too. Yes. The just treating others as you want to be treated is the easiest way to have a good go at this yeah. thing that we've got here on just, on earth. Just be you, man. As long as it doesn't hurt anybody else, nobody doesn't matter. And I think the Buddhists, or, or uh, I can't remember what what uh, what deity it is, but are like just treat everyone like it's you in another body because that's literally what it is. Well, there's a every person is you in another body. Yeah, there's a there's a whole section of of, of religion that literally thinks that we're all the same being. It's just we're all living in different lives. It's like uh, where I have something to learn. Like our soul has something to learn from my existence. Well, it yes. also has something different to learn from your existence. And there's, you know, currently what nine different or nine billion different existences that we all need to learn something from. Currently, yeah, like within that like religion, like currently, and it's like that's like the hell of a lot to learn right now. Absolutely, <laughs> and it is. like so, I think we should step on that. People, come on, everybody, <laughs> start reading a book or something. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, here's the thing: a lot of people are just. 
It's been made so convenient to, and you make make the analogy read a book. <laughs> it's been made so convenient not have to read anymore because, oh, man. you know, like I, it's just been made so convenient. I've recently went back and started reading some books I read like back in middle school and like Me early too, high dude, school. Man, goosebumps. I love it. Oh, you read Goosebumps? No, see, okay, okay. My brother dude, used to all read of those. Goosebumps. That row yeah. over there is all Goosebumps books in order. Man. I've got like more than half. Okay, my brother of the collection used to read a lot, and he. You know, he's responsible for a lot of, I think, me. And he used to read, like, Goosebumps and, like, Animorphs and Dinotopia and, like, all these, like, awesome, yeah. crazy worlds that you can just jump, like, right in. And it's just amazing. Absolutely. And, like, so I was thinking about that. And I was like, man, like, what could I read recently? And recently I've, I've read The K. I don't know if you've read that book. Uh-uh. Okay. It takes place, in, like, in the Bahamas. And uh, it's this family. Oh, the C-A-Y? Yeah, C-A-Y. The K. Okay. And it, uh... uh this family it's like world war ii and there's like you know german subs in the water and they try to get over to uh america and then their ship gets blown up and the kid gets stuck in this island with this old black man and you know he the kid goes blind and so the old black man has to teach him how to you know fish and all this stuff blind and then a hurricane comes and kills the old black man and sorry i ruined the whole book and and spoilers spoiler alert everybody sorry and then uh you know they get off the off the Island, you know, a ship comes and saves them, but the old man dies. But it's like an amazing story, and it inspired me so much as a kid. I thought I'd go back and reread it. Freaking awesome! Just, Some, somewhat just like, as good as I thought. Kind of like Hatchet. Yeah, kind of like that whole like you know redemption story. You know, you get yeah. going, and pretty cool. Side note about this story: uh, it takes place on an island that actually I've been to. And I didn't realize it until I was there on the huh. island. Yeah, I went on vacation with my grandmother uh, right before she passed away. And she uh, it's called Green Turtle K. And it's actually the island, the town that they live in is actually the town that is in that on that island. So it was pretty cool. New Plymouth is the name. New Plymouth. Yeah. I wonder if that was the second location well it, stopped was, well it probably was because they were founded by like a lot of Dutch was down there in the Bahamas and stuff down there. And Plymouth was a lot of... Dutch, you know, back up huh. when, when the pilgrims and all stuff came over. Dude, do you ever want, wish, like, if you had, like, a just a time machine to just go back and look at what the world was back then? Yeah, I'm a, I'm a big history buff, and a lot of people ask me all the time like, if I would go back in time, right? Like, if, yeah. where would I go back in time? I don't tell them I would because I think medicine is awesome now, and I like the ability to, like, grow hearts from, like, a printer. Rather oh, than, yeah, 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 <laughs> I would absolutely. much prefer that rather than, you know, waiting for the invention of insulin. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> so, 100%. So uh, uh, my answer is always I would love to go visit places and then come back. And oh, I yeah. Think, you can't stay in those yeah, areas. I think my favorite would be, like, Vikings. Like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. That'd be so much fun. <laughs> but, but, see, I, you think about this. Like, if somebody who looks like us shows up in that era... Well, have you ever seen like Black Knight or like no? Nah. Uh, you ever seen like any of like the the BET? Like okay, there's this whole genre of movies where like these like generic white guys or these like generic black guys they all go back in time and they they're like in normal clothes and like they just have to like participate in like everyday society, but they have to like figure it all out. It's yeah. really really funny. There's one I think called like Black Knight. There's a couple others where like. One becomes like king or something, and I don't know. They're really funny, but you should check it out. Yeah, that's interesting. I just wonder <laughs> what I wonder what would happen like if if somebody who looked like us just showed up in those times. Oh, we would be murdered. And yeah, immediately. And I'd, I'd be a witch. Oh, I, well, I'm already a wizard yeah. of sorts. I get a magic trait. You got a tea bag. 
Yeah, <laughs> what kind of show are you running over there? <laughs> but yeah, I only got one magic trick. But it's all mine involve cards. That's okay. I can make it. You empty out the tea bag, and then you like pull the mesh out, and like you stand it up, and then you light the top on fire, and it like will burn all the way down. And then once it gets down to the bottom, it all of a sudden like like a ghost like float away. Really? Yeah, it's really crazy. Try it. Everybody try it at home. DIY magic trick. Spoilers. <laughs> we're, letting you know, we're letting you know how to do all the good things here. But, Sorry. Uh, no, no, you're fine. But, uh, dude, I would... You say you, you, yours would be Viking times. You would 100%. Is there like a certain, a specific spot in history you would go to if you mm. could? Like one specific thing that you could see? Oh, oh, that's a completely different subject. Okay, I want to see, like, ancient Greece. And it's, like, freaking heyday. Like, all the monuments and, like, like Statue of Rhodes and, like, you know, all these gorgeous, you know, the Parthenon. Freaking, I would love to walk through the Parthenon and see all the scroll work and, like, Art of Athena and every, like, like that just sounds amazing. What if you went back and the art was, like, dog shit? It was just, oh. That'd be even better. It'd be even better because then you could come back and everybody's like talking about how amazing it is, and you're just like, yeah, it's like, not nah, that sucks, man. It's not like, what you think. Oh, yeah, it's really not that good. <laughs> like the guy who did it really sucked at hands. Like everybody's hands are really tiny. <laughs> like, dude, they had these huge faces. Could you were huge heads and tiny faces. Could you imagine if the guys who did like the pyramids of Egypt, like the guys that did all the Art, like on the inside, yeah. you know, all the historical, what's the word? Cuneiform? Yeah. So they did all that. Yeah. Let's put the guy that can't draw, like, noses or something on it. Like, they just have, like, a really bad flaw in their thing. And so, like, everybody's nose is, like, like a schnoz. Yeah. Like, just like, like a, just a, like a really big, a like, triangle. like, like Phineas and Ferb nose. Like, yeah. <laughs> just horrible. I would, <laughs> I would love to see stuff like that. Cause, cause there are jokes or there are like, you know, why well, I, I don't know. I think they're kind of jokes like little bighorn. There's a, uh, like on this, like the plot that says, you know, all the Indians that were killed and all that stuff there, there's actually a name of an Indian. His name is pulls out. And I'm like <laughs> no children. Like yeah, I'm ninety five percent sure that's a joke, but I don't wanna I don't wanna say that because it's like, his yeah, name is man, pulls I'm, out. I <laughs> just don't on. think this is real, but I'm too kind to bring it up. Yeah, so I wanna go back into history and I wanna see stuff like that. Like I wanna like I don't know, I wanna see something magnificent just you to see if it really the, is that. You ever watch Doctor Who? Uh, I saw like earlier seasons, from, like okay, earlier but you, you get the, you get the, the yeah. dude, I, I would love to do that. Like just to be able to just in and out of different, they just have a, have a TARDIS where you just in and out of different things. Like I would just spend probably most of my time watching baseball games. Just like a, like a real life reading rainbow rolling around, yeah. just hanging out, watching like yeah. the best baseball games you could possibly imagine. Like watching you imagine? every baseball, like go, yeah, going back and watching the world, the, the Chicago game where Babe, Babe Ruth calls a shot. Like, like could I'm, you imagine like that would have been, 
or to see Joe DiMaggio's last game, or or, or anything like. And I don't know if a Yankees I would, fan. I would have liked to go back to go see. Was it Mark Mark McGrath? Hit those, Mark McGuire. Mark McGuire. Mark, Mark McGrath is Mark from McGrath. Sugar Ray. <laughs> from Sugar Ray. <laughs> I go back. I saw him at Disney not too long ago. But I go see Mark McGuire, man. I'd, I'd see him hit all those runs, even though he was what he did all those drugs. I don't care. See, Whatever. they should let them all do it. Uh, let just, them all do. It. Why, just to why, see why why limit people would, in their abilities uh, to. To make this sport entertaining that we enjoy watching. Not only that, I know we're bouncing all over the board. I'm sorry for that. But even even still, <laughs> these segues are terrible. Sorry. Even still, <laughs> no, 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 no. Even still, it helps people remain healthy. It it helps your body regenerate faster. Hmm. Why not allow? Why why take that away from a player? But that's my that's my spiel on that. Well, then you then it becomes a pay to win situation. Yeah, you know. Then you get like the same thing we got with like Call of Duty and all that stuff. It gets a, a, a pay to win where it's no longer about natural ability. It's about how far can I push my body compared to how far you can push yours. Yes, and that's a dangerous. That's a really dangerous door to open. You know, and that's kind of where I I'm okay with the whole. You know, anti-doping, everything like that. I think pot's a different story. I think that's everybody. Yeah, everybody that's, should. That's yeah. a different story. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Absolutely. It's, there's literally multiple TV shows that did, like, those experimental TV shows kind of thing where they oh, yeah. do the effects of pot on, like, your body. Like, and then they did it on athletes and stuff, and it didn't slow them down. It didn't you, make them any better either. Super was, high me? The yes, Doug Benson yeah, one? Yeah, yeah. That's the same guy that did the uh, uh, supersize me. Well, it's the same concept, but not the same guy. Oh, uh, but he tried to do a bunch of weed instead. Doug Benson is a weed. He's a weed comic. He just he's a uh, Joe Rogan calls him the most productive stoner he's ever known. Wow, and uh, that's impressive because Joe yeah. Rogan's really productive. <laughs> yeah, he's like he's the most productive stoner, and he's talking about like like smokes from wake to sleep, like all day smoker, wake and bake. All day long, Snoop he's the most, style. yeah, the mm-hmm. most productive one of those. But anyway, uh, he he did this, this thing, just the same thing that the Super Size Me guy did. He did thirty days on, thirty days off, and compared the tests. Yeah, he did the same exact thing. He did thirty days off pot after after smoking every single like wake and bake every day, and then that just all. stopped for thirty days and yeah. took a lot of like. Lung capacity tests, like uh, well, that'll mess with your system, man. Yeah, like, that'll mess with your psyche. It did. It was it, it was pretty tough on him. I think that's on Netflix, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I might have to watch it. That's good. But uh yeah, the whole pot thing, that should they should have already legalized that yeah, and in, in for sports anyway. Yeah, well it just should be I mean, it's ridiculous. I mean, regardless of what you think, there's absolutely no evidence of anyone getting hurt like, ever. Like ever, ever, ever. And alcohol, hello. Cigarettes, hello. Like Yeah. Like I, there's more evidence of people dying from red meat than there is marijuana. So that really bothers so. me. That really bothers me. Yeah, As someone who has quit drinking yeah. and I know the I know the I yeah. know what it does to you. You know, I know what drinking does to people's bodies and that's legal. I mean people people can get opioids. People can get opioids way easier than they can get pot. I heard that uh, big pharma companies and Monsanto are duking out for uh, like mm-hmm. pot now. Well, like they're they trying to go after yeah, because they know it's going to come. Marijuana. They're trying to do the synthetic stuff. They're trying to do all the. That's I don't that's want where stuff it starts like to get, that that's in where it starts to get dangerous, man. But here's here's where I think the pot 
stuff is going to go. I think it's going to do like the beer stuff is. You know, you got a couple big brands. You know, Marlboro already has their Marlboro Greens. You know, they sell them at gas stations out in Colorado, all sorts of stuff like that. You can't open the pack in your car or anything like that. You can only use them like, you know, on private property. Just you got to follow really? the Really? That's real? I, didn't, I thought that was, yeah. that was not real. No, that's a real thing, man. Oh, shit. Yeah, you can get them out there. and uh, Not in gas stations. You can get them in the uh, in the dispensary. Sorry. Yeah, okay. I, I misspoke everyone. No, 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 no. no. Uh, I, I didn't know that they actually existed. Yeah, and Marlboro huh. was already on top of that one. And, and it's basically what spliffs what everybody was doing in the first place. But they just filled the whole thing with pot rather instead. So it's a cigarette full of, or basically a joint. A pack of like six joints or something like that. You can get them like that. And people are making that all over the place. They're just calling them different things and all sorts of stuff. But I think pot's going to go into a, like a craft brew, like a craft brewery, like beers and stuff like that. It's going to go in that direction where there's going to be people like musicians and, you know, all the artsy people who are still going to be going to, you know, oh, well, I have this strain and I have, you know, all of this wonderful stuff coming in and, you know, all this stuff like that where, you know, they're smoking with, you know, their pieces and then you have you know the 420 dudes that you know 420 dab it brother this is you know at dub 420 smoke session and her hot brother blah 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 you know whatever and you yeah. know doing on instagram those weirdos that doing dabs from lava that they're gonna buy whatever pot you can possibly get they'll buy the synthetic stuff they'll buy the dabs they'll buy the anything from monsanto's so they'll they're the ones that are gonna buy that stuff because they're dumb and they will they yeah. will put anything in their body. I think yeah, you're right. The people who know what's good and what's not, just the same way we make decisions when we're buying groceries, we'll know what's mm-hmm. what's good and not. Yeah, but I think that's where the market will go. It'll be marketed to two different types of people: people who are dumb and will put anything in their body, and then everybody else who likes, you know, rather than Bud Light, you want a craft some random craft other beer. Do you have any IPAs? Yeah, it's like that dude, which, you know, I'm okay with that snobbiness. You know, whatever. I don't it's mind. Your, it's yeah. your body. Put whatever you want in it, man. I was that guy. I used to be like, what IPAs do you have? Hmm. I was that guy. I got, I don't know, I like Guinness and I like like white beers. I don't know, my favorite drink is Scrumpy's Apple Cider. It's an organic I've cider. I've never heard of that. Yeah, it's an organic apple cider. They got it at the Claw House. It's really, really good. And I uh, I get it every time I go, every time I play there. Like, it's the only place I really did drink because it's the only yeah. place they got it. And every the only time I ever really drink is when I go there. So <laughs> I just drink it there. And then, but it's this thick, like, it's like almost like if it's applesauce could be really thinned out to be a drink. And then alcoholic, like, it, oh, man, I just want all of it. Like, just... <laughs> Just open my mouth and shovel it in. Like, like it's so good. You know, I, I I wasn't much of a beer drinker when I did drink. Like, it was all liquor, basically. I think it's good you do, you don't drink anymore, though, man. Drinking yeah, is too. a drinking is a it'll it'll kill you if you don't if you don't watch it. Yeah, and I was I was just those guys that were that were podcast with Joe Rogan earlier. One of those guys uh went sober, but he's still like uh he's a he's a wine connoisseur. You know, he'll still like taste Man, the wine. That was my spit. favorite part about traveling. Sorry, I know we're segueing. No, 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 no. The favorite part about the wines? Yeah, man. We were See, I never did wine things. I never did the wines. Okay. If you want to stay in the United States, okay, if you want to travel for everybody out there, for you, anybody who's never traveled, yeah. you don't have to leave the United States. That's end all. That's period. I don't care what anybody else says. The United States has enough wonderful, unrealistic places that you can go see. Like without a passport. Without a passport, you can what? I think it's like fifty bucks for a uh, national park pass, 
And I'm telling you, you can literally go to like Glaciers National Park and see things that rival freaking uh, uh, like you're talking Lord of the Rings level stuff, man. You're like you go out to the salt flats, like you that's it's unreal. It looks like an alien planet. Like you go up to the up to the sounds up in Seattle and stuff. It like looks just like the vampire movie with the with the yeah. the the shiny vampires. The Twilight. Twilight people. looks just like that movie, man, and it's gorgeous. Like or the Redwood Forest, where where George yeah. Lucas or the Gulf Stream waters. Gondor. Like yeah, like you can like you can go anywhere in South Carolina. We have some of the coolest, I think, wetlands in the world. We are Agreed. one of two places that have lightning bug, bugs that all flash at the same time. Like they all are sync, and the other places like what, like Korea or somewhere crazy like that, like. And, and us. I didn't realize that. And Lightning Bug kind of went missing for yeah. a little while and showed up again yeah. this past year. And then, like, what? We get cicadas every seven years. That's freaking amazing. We get uh, the Spanish moss that's closest related relative, by the way, is the pineapple, which grows naturally here, even though it's poisonous to our trees. It's freaking beautiful. Like, it's gorgeous yeah. out there. And, like, I don't care who you are. This place that we live in right now is absolutely beautiful. And you can – we are living a picturesque place that people pay good money to come to. And we get to just chill in this place, man. We get, we get it all to, to ourselves six months out of the year. Yeah, we get it's paid all to be here. six like, months out of the year. It's great. I sent – my stepmom loves Spanish moss. And I always – like, I, I went the other day. I, I went to vote. I walked to vote. And I was just sending them pictures of like just just random trees, like on just the the road right here, Merles on the road. Just one of the most beautiful walks I you could it, you could take anywhere, and it really is a beautiful place. And I, I I don't I don't use this as an excuse not to travel, but because I've I've never been on an airplane and I'm weird about that. And but I don't use this as an excuse not to travel. But I don't need to go anywhere. Like this is a really really fucking cool place i love it i love where i live there's lots to explore just around here and people forget that like there's old abandoned places you can kayak to you can roll around like we go camping just randomly out like on the pd river man like if you get a kayak you can get a kayak from like marshall's for like 150 bucks during the winter time yeah and you save that thing and all of a sudden you go kayaking during the spring and the summer like you can go on the inlet you can go anywhere you want man and it's way better than just sitting at your house like you can do so I don't many. Know, man, I love sitting at the house. All right, that's fair. Sitting at the house is pretty awesome. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm not gonna. No, no, you're totally cool. I like sitting at the house. I mean, it's, no, 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 no. There's I, nothing I, like I understand coming home. I'm an odd person. No, there's, there's. When you say that, like, it's better than sitting in your house. I mean, it's healthier than sitting. Uh, in your absolutely, house. it's healthier. One hundred percent. Better, yeah, better. Absolutely. I think I might have to agree with you on this one. That sometimes it's like it's not better like well i get anxiety i get the worst i understand that and, and i date i've been dating somebody for four and a half years with anxiety man and like and and it's you it's think you think they're making it up until you get it yeah like, you think and i thought it was just ridiculous and then yeah, all of a sudden one day i realized that that's not really something you can control like you're it's not your fault that you know you're you're feeling this all of a sudden you know and stuff yeah. and then all of a sudden you know you have to kind of realize that they lost control for a second kind of thing like that. Like, yeah, like, like it's, it's not like they, they, they're, it's a constant it's, battle to stay yeah, in charge of your own mentality. Well, yeah, it, it's hard. It's hard to say that because it's not like it's somebody else's fault. Like, it's not like it's yeah. somebody else's fault that they feel that way or that you feel that way or I feel that way. You know, it's, it's that I've lost control of that part of 
my emotions for a second. Yes. Like, and, and it's a lapse of judgment on my end and it's my understanding of what's happening and my interpretation and my responsibility to get a hold. And I can't, and you know, that happens to me on stage, you know, I'll get there and all of a sudden I'm having a panic attack on stage some places, and yeah. you know, and it's, it's not fun. And once you have them, they keep happening. Oh my God. Panic attacks. If you've never had a panic attack, you will never understand that it actually feels like you're going to die. Yep. Like you don't, you, you will never feel like that until you actually have one. And then all of a sudden, like what, 30 minutes later, like everything's happy dandy, normal again. Yeah. And like, you're like trying to get out of it and you're like, like you just went through a cold shower. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I had a, I had a talk with Jeff and Jen Thomas. I don't know if you know Jeff Thomas, uh, Jeff and Jen, uh, apron strings. strings. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah. They've been on, they've been on the podcast and, uh, they're good people. They're good musicians. Yeah, too. great, great Go musicians, great people. Uh, they've been on a podcast, and we talked about anxiety and such, and just how you can sort of feel if you have them enough. Which I, I hope that nobody ever does. Yeah, but I don't wish you, that upon anybody. But if you do, and you are one of those people who do end up having panic attacks pretty regularly, you'll notice when they start to creep in. You'll be able to like, okay, I know what's happening. I, 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 I this is a familiar feeling. I'm not going to freak out over this. I'm just going to wait for this little shudder of a yeah. heartbeat that you feel. You feel it coming up from your stomach and just. Well, that's where, you know, you start to gain control. That's where, yeah. you know, once again, sorry to jump around no, no, this no. whole thing, but, but my, you know, my whole, one of my whole big deals is, you know, you're 100% in control of your own life. Yeah. And so whenever you're looking at even things like panic attacks, where you do lose control. my brain, yeah. my body, I'm in control. Yeah. But at some point you get to a point where you're like, oh my God. I'm about to have a panic attack and then, Oh my God, I'm having a panic attack and this is happening to me. And like you said, you feel every bit of it and you understand mm-hmm. exactly what's going on. And it's your responsibility to eventually control it. And you're eventually to catch on and to a avoid it or B figure some way to be okay in those situations, which, you know, yeah. a lot of people, you know, Hercules through it. You know, that's what I do. I'm kind of like a bootstrap guy where I push, I, I push through the mud and I just kind of go through it until it's done and then go through it. But I understand that not everybody is like yeah. that. Not everybody. Every now and again, I'll get a doozy that'll like well, really put me under for a second. But I mean, everybody does. I mean, that's, I mean, everybody gets knocked out. Yeah. You know, that's like, everybody I would say that. out of the panic attacks that I have, maybe one, maybe every Every 10 or so are like mm-hmm. really bad. The worst one I ever had was the first one, I think. Yeah, I, it was the I worst think one I ever had. that's and it was on a plane. Really? It was on a, it was on a, <laughs> it was on a 15 hour flight. Oh shit. On a plane to Qatar in India. And I was working for Disney and something happened and we had like, there was some turbulence. You know, I didn't know where we were. Yeah. You know, it's 15 hours in a flight and you know, you feel like, you know, you're in a cage and all of a sudden I was like, <laughs> Like I'm starting to get weirded out by it now, thinking about it. Like it, man, it was, it was bad. Like it, I, I never ever wish that upon anybody, ever in my life. Yeah. Of man. course, I was like, I'm safer in a plane than I am in a bus. Like, like of course, statistically, like, you know, there's, there's a, there's a. You see, everybody says that, but I feel like I'm the person that's like, okay, I'll be the one that it goes wrong with. Okay, but think about it like this: like, would you skydive? No. Okay. Okay. Would you ride the bus? Mm, I don't like to ride with other people a whole lot. Like, I like to be behind the wheel. All right, then you're a terrible example for this story. <laughs> yeah. All right, so, all right, so hypothetically, if you choose to ride the bus, right, rather yes. than riding the airplane, you are statistically more likely to get stabbed. You're statistically more likely to get, like, 
literally murdered, like you're like to get stolen, like all these things on the bus, which doesn't really happen all that often, but you're statistically more likely to die and yes. for the bus to get into an accident and like everybody die or you know yeah. get shot up or like God forbid anything negative like happen on the bus, you're more likely to happen like that than on an airplane. Absolutely. And that's kinda where I'm like, okay, I get well that. well I guess that's where for me, it comes into the place because you know, I have a I have a big thing with heights, and so getting on an airplane for me was a big deal. And and I think I me flying with Disney a lot was a was a big deal because it was like kind of I had to do it like all the time, like once yeah. a week, and it, I got used to it. But when I first started doing it, it wasn't really that comfortable. And and the problem was was I figured out that I was uncomfortable with the space. I was uncomfortable with the uh, like I was stuck. Like, whatever happened, I was stuck with these people, good or bad. We were either getting to this place or we weren't. So all these people, like, I better be okay, you know, like with all these people. And I think that really scared me because I didn't know anybody, you know. And when you're flying, usually, what, you know, one or two people and you're sitting there and, you know, it could either be the best trip in your life or it could be the last. And it doesn't really matter. And that scared me. Yeah. But getting over that, I realized that these planes, man, I drive in my car every day. And these planes are way safer. Like, the guy that's licensed to drive this plane and to tell what's wrong with this plane went through hundreds of flights and went through all this, like, paperwork and has to have eyesight that goes a certain thing, you know, yeah. and has to be trained to stay up a certain amount and, you know, has a second pilot just in case he gets tired. He has a second pilot to wake up and do his job that's just as trained, you know, that's doing just as much. And then there's a third pilot sitting right there and then there's probably a fourth one running a red eye chilling right there, you know, just sitting in a seat chilling, waiting for to go to his spot. So there's four people more than likely in a cockpit that know way more about this plane than I know about my CRV. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I, I get that. <laughs> so I guess it, it's a matter of, like, you know, I trust doctors. I'm going to trust pilots. I'm yeah. going to trust, you know, I trust these people that are trained to do it. Like, just, like, I hope people trust me with their guitars, I, I you know, because I, I work on them every day. And I, hope. I get that. It's, it's, I guess it's that kind of mentality. It's inevitable that I'll have to get on a flight, though. I know I know it is. And Where are you going to go? You don't have to, man. Well, I do. I my have grandmother to. has never been on a flight. Well, my my uh, my brother's getting married in California. Take a train. I wouldn't mind doing that, and I actually wouldn't mind going on the ground just to see. I would pay make the road trip. I would pay good money. Okay, what I suggest is if your if your plane ticket is like it's going to be a good bit of money to get from here to California. Yeah. So if you can take the time off, take a train and see. See some stuff, man. That's really, what I want to do. I want to really see some things. Like, take a week. Like, because that's really all it takes to get from here to there. Like, that. that's, like, take a week extra and then come back. Like, because that's, by the, like, if you do it on both sides of your event, like, you're good to go. And I promise you, you will not regret seeing some of the most amazing things you've ever seen in your life. Like, we got some beautiful stuff here, and don't get me wrong. But seeing some of the amazing, like the Rocky Mountains, man, and the Grand Canyon, and and uh, glaciers, national mount or glaciers, mountain national park. I don't know. I can't remember the name of it. Glacier National Park. Okay, that's what it is. I don't know. You can see do Garden of the Gods in Colorado. Like even just going up to Great Smoky Mountain National Park, like in Tennessee. If you've never yeah. been there, that is 
And I've been up there a bunch. That's my favorite national park, man. Right there, Maggie Valley. It's just Maggie Valley and and, uh, the good. I've I've been to Ghost Town and Santa Land. I don't know how many times. Just knocks it out the park, man. It's perfect. It's kitschy. It's like it fits. Everybody's like pronounces it Appalachian. It's wonderful. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> it's my favorite. Appalachian. Rather than Appalachia. Appalachia. I got so many. I got that a lot of times. People around don't really, they don't say Appalachia. Yeah, that's what we, we say that down around, here. Yeah, unless you're like from the area. Or, I'm going to go up to the Appalachians. No, we do. We uh, Cornbread goes up to Boone a couple times a year. That's when it's cool. Uh, App State? No, I went to Lees McRae up in um, Banner Elk. It's okay, about thirty well, we, minutes up that, like at the stay, winery. Yeah, well, we stay right there, in, uh, right in between Banner Elk and Boone. So we're uh, we were in. I think the address is in Banner Elk, if I'm not mistaken. But yeah, it, that's uh, wait, which one? The address for your, the where you stay? Yeah, it's more than likely in Banner Elk. If you're playing up there, like the winery and stuff, it's more yeah. than likely Banner Elk. And that town, man, I, the, I went to that college. It's awesome. There's nothing. There's freaking Dude, nothing. I know, in that town. man. And I'm everywhere, nothing, every store is like the old country store, like in from the 1800s. Yeah. Then they just kept up the building really well. Like I love that about that area. But I get I get up there, and the last time we went, uh, me and Smitty drove back as soon as we finished the gig, and I told him I was like, man, I know that this is. My weirdness, but I got to get back home. I was, I'm more than willing to drive. Like yeah. you can sleep all you want to. Like I, I know I won't be able. I can't sleep in a car anyway. So That's I mean, okay. I can't. So like, if you want me to drive, I'll, I'll drive back. But I even told him I was like, maybe next time when we go, I know this just just financially not the brightest thing. But I'm just going to drive myself. That way, whenever the gigs are over, if you guys want to stay an extra day yeah. or something, I can get out and come back. Because, like, it just just knowing that I have an escape plan, you know what I mean? I've, I've done that a couple times. Like, I've, I've specifically given myself the out just in case I was going to have the yeah. anxiety of, like, you know, being in a certain spot. Or I was like, yeah. okay, I need to go home. Like, or, like. I don't know. I'm I'm really attached to my dog, so if I feel like I need to go home, like I'm and I got to take care of my dog. Like I'm gonna go home and take care of my dog. You yeah, know what I mean? yeah, like, exactly. That kind of thing. Like, and and I've I've done that at shows. I've done that. I'll like same gig. I relate entirely to that sentiment. Like, yeah, and and like I, t- I even told them, I was like, it's not even so much that I might have. Uh, I might need to leave or might want to leave. I may want to stay, but. I know that if I do want to leave, I can, and there's nobody standing in the way of that. So, well, and that's you know that's independence right there, man. You're in yeah, control right there. Absolutely. Speaking of in control, you've you've uh, <clears throat> mentioned those beautiful six letters several times. That is my in mantra. This podcast. Man. I am in control of my life. Whether it's good or bad, whether it's a freaking hurricane or whether it's uh, you know a Zen garden, I am one hundred percent in control of that. Now, control has seven letters. Control has seven letters. Disney has six. Has six letters. Oh well, Disney is my favorite thing on the planet. So now, <laughs> when talking about control, I've I have read so many things on Facebook and so yeah. many horror stories about cast members yeah. and. You worked for Disney for years. Yeah. And you love Disney. Love it. So, obviously, that's not entirely true. Well, you have to understand that there's two different kinds of people in the world. There's people 
who like Disney, mm-hmm. and there's people who believe in Disney magic. That's it. Hmm. Like, I believe that Disney is magic. And it's not because, you know, there's, you know, fairy dust and all that kind of stuff like that. Disney literally is a place where you can go and be inspired. It's to remind you that it's okay to be a kid. It's okay to dance around and be stupid and do cartwheels at 30 years old. It's 100% okay to go watch a Disney movie. My 30th birthday is going to be a Moana-themed dress-up costume party. What? Yes. And I'm right on, yeah. man. So, like, and it's, it's one of those things where it's totally okay. On with the demigods. Yeah, man. Like, just be okay. Be you, man. Live your truth. And Disney is one of those things that actually. Live your truth. Live your See, truth, am I going to have to watch Queer Eye now? Yes, you need to watch Queer Eye. It's honestly, it's awesome. Like, it's seriously, it's freaking amazing. Like, it's just inspiring. And it makes you want to be a good person because all of those people on there are freaking they are just good people. Like, I, there's nothing else to say. They're Smitty just mentioned people. something about watching it a couple years ago when it came out. Or, or, or I don't know when it was. But well, the uh, new one just came out recently. See, I don't know anything about there, it. There's an old one called Queer Eye for the Straight Guy. <laughs> and it was, they were... Uh, I remember that when they would yeah. just take take a, like take a straight Allen, guy and yeah. take well, a straight guy and then uh, uh, dress him up. Well, I, remember, yeah. well, I know Tim Allen <clears throat> from Food Network. So yeah, I watch well, all the well, food. He I was watch the, a lot of Food Network stuff. He was the original... Queer Eye for the straight guy nutrition specialist. Yeah. So he would come in and he'd be like fixing their like kitchen and all that kind yeah. of crap like that, making sure they're good to cook for themselves. And the guys they got now are really, really cool. They're really inspiring because they 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 are exactly who they are, regardless of the uh uh perception of them around them. Like yeah. they don't get caught up it's cool because they don't get caught up in the LGBTQ whatever the rest of the letters are, I apologize for anybody. Um, like they don't get caught up in the social media mentality. Like they don't run around and they're not like, you know, being, yeah, you don't see them beating down the door. Yeah, they're, they're not going crazy about all the crazy stuff. You know, they're real people and they have logical yeah. uh, minds and they believe, you know, good things. And one of the guys tan in the show, he's been married like for seven years or something. And he's an Indian, uh, uh, like from India and, but he has an English accent, you know, very, you know, Royal English or Royal Indian. And he comes, does all their fashion. And he has a really good point that, you know, when it comes to partners and stuff like, well, do you want your partner to look bad? And you're, he's like, well, no, I don't want my partner to look bad. And he's like, well, then why do you look like a dumpster? Yeah. <laughs> like, 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 come on, man. Like you're going to only going to attract Help them. Like, yeah. It's like, if you, if this is bad, like yeah. they're not going to want to dress up for you too. And it's kind of, it's kind of a cool thing. Um, I know we've digressed all the way over to queer eye, but you no, should definitely, fine. you should definitely watch the show. I mean, for anybody watching, watch the freaking show. It's, it's amazing. It's a good show, but back to Disney, back to Disney. I love working. I loved working for Disney and technically I worked for Feld entertainment was technically who paid my bills, but we were under Disney contract. So we had to follow literally every single Disney rule. We had to have Disney people work for us. I was trained at Disney world. Like I had to go to the parks and go back and like do all the training and all that kind of stuff. So it wasn't like I was separate from Disney. It's just my paycheck came from somewhere Uh, else to be clear. But cool part about it for working for Disney is that you get to learn how to create that magic and you get to learn how to inspire people to be that way. And a lot of people who work for the parks and a lot of people work for the hotels or for different aspects of Disney, they lose that mindset where they're not, they're not 
they like it's a job, you know, they're coming there and they're ringing people in, you know, just like a front desk clerk or they're, you know, doing, giving people popcorn or they're running around giving people balloons and they don't really care. And, you know, they're there for a year and they come out and they say, Oh, all I did was, you know, scoop popcorn for a year, pick up trash for a year and, you know, live in the dormitories. Well, yeah, that's all you did because <laughs> unfortunately that's what it takes to actually give a kid an inspiration where all of a sudden that kid turns into the next, I don't, I don't, he's the next freaking Einstein. Because he was inspired because he saw your balloon float in a different direction. And all of a sudden, that 16-year-old kid now is right there. Disney is a place to inspire people. And that's what people forget. They think this magic is all about money. I mean, it is all about money. I mean, it's a huge business that, you know. Yeah, the, yeah like, like, sure. like, everybody knows the mouse, the mouse is ruthless. Like, they'll sue you and take, they'll, he'll cut your throat. Like, everybody knows that kind of thing. But uh, when it really comes down to, like, the whole essence of what Disney was created, what Walt really wanted, and what the whole point of it was, was to inspire people, to remind people that it's okay to be a kid. And it's okay to always be in touch with your inner child. Because, after all, we are only on this planet for a finite amount of time. And what's the point of living? if you're unhappy that's a very true statement like just be happy like it's okay it's okay to be happy about weird things it doesn't matter and disney for me really has inspired me working for disney and going down there i mean i'm a season pass holder i have a hidden mickey in my tattoo like i'm a weirdo and i get it and uh my favorite characters are the three caballeros for anyone wondering you're welcome and (laughs) uh, and i I think Disney just inspired me to want to be myself, regardless of what it was, you know, regardless of whether I wanted to be Robin Hood or whether I wanted to be Gaston or whether I wanted to be Pooh or who any of the other characters that I related with as a kid. Like all of these things, like it just inspired me to be okay with myself. That really is their message. Yeah. And people forget that they think it's all about money and they think they're spending 10,000 or spending, you know, thousands of dollars just to go to a theme park, but no, you're going $10,000 to go down for a week so that you can feel inspired again. And you can help your kid have that mentality of growing up, being a dreamer and wanting to create things and have a creative mind and never losing it. Because let's be honest, man, life kind of sucks and you're living at home by yourself. And like, you know, you're sitting at your house with your dog and girlfriend and you know watching the same TV show shows every day and it kind of sucks but then all of a sudden you realize that the world's a pretty cool place and we can ride down the street and see one of the most beautiful sunsets i've ever seen in my life right on the inlet and knowing that that exists yeah just knowing that exists like and people forget all of these things and my that's my favorite part about disney is that it never lets you forget while you're there and when you're you're talking about Disney or whether you're working for Disney, there is no forgetting about the wonder that is the world. Every aspect of that experience is meant to take yeah. you away from the regular world. Yeah. Correct. No, I've never been. You need to go. And if you go, let me know. I will freaking be marching down there with you, man. I love it. I go every chance I get. There's a reason I got a season pass. And if you get a season pass, you go four times and it pays for itself. And that's because I'm weirdo, so I go more than four times a year. So, <laughs> see, I, for me, Disney was that mythical thing that we were gonna do as a kid. You know, it was well, yeah. just like that. Cost a shit ton of money. That was well. It was that <laughs> mythical thing that, like, one day we're gonna go to Disney World. Like, mm-hmm. one day I'm gonna take you kids to Disney World. Like, one day we're gonna go. So I feel like maybe one day it's gonna be my my job to like get my entire family together and be like, we're going to fucking Disney world because well, we didn't go when we were kids my suggestion we is, owe it to ourselves is get your group of friends and go as an adult go with somebody because i'm telling you you can go drink around the world in epcot 
which I did that for my 21st birthday. It was awesome. I cried so much they wouldn't let me on um, uh, Pirates of the Caribbean. Really? <laughs> yeah, it was awesome. I mean, I don't suggest drinking that much ever, but I drank around every kiosk at Epcot during Food and Wine yeah. in, in April. And we were or not in April. It wasn't Food and Wine. It was some other festival or something going on. And we were every country just getting me a drink left and right, going to town and had dinner in Canada and then walked over to Magic Kingdom and cried so much they wouldn't let me on uh, <laughs> Pirates of the Caribbean. That would be me. I would just I would just walk into Harry Potter World and just weep. Just, I've never been to Harry Potter World. Well see that's that's my thing. Like Well I would love to go. I mean I'm i I'm currently reading the rest I made of the books. this. That's freaking amazing. I'm currently reading the books again, so because I like it so much. I mean I'm yeah. I like I think those books as a kid really helped me A get into reading and B yeah. like we're I think they were my, they might be like my first introduction into like a real fantasy world, like a completely built world without, yes, but still kind of attached to ours kind of thing. You know, I think it was my first experience. I got the movies before I got the books Hmm. because I was a little older. It was a little, I watched the movies. Like the first movie came out. I was, I was like in high school, I think. Mm. So I read the movie, I read the books after, like I I, I started dating a girl who was really in, she was like, Oh, I love Harry Potter movies. She was like, you need to read the books. I was like, okay. So I started reading the books, but like, uh, I have them all on a, on a shrine in my shelf, in my, on my bookshelf in my bedroom with my Severus wand, Severus Mm, Snape wand that runs the length of all of the books plus the cursed child. That's amazing. And, but my world was the Goosebumps books, and that is why I, I literally I started about a month before Halloween. I wanted to try to build the entire collection by Halloween so I could read the the whole series. You can yeah. read like three of those in a day. Yeah, they're with their like 180 pages. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> you can like read nothing, like yeah. three of them in a day. Yeah. So I want to read the entire series from start to finish. Did you like the movie with Jack Black? I loved it. I loved it. I thought it was a clever take on uh, including all the stories that I wanted and like included. Yeah, because I liked all those books. Not a living dummy. Not a living dummy was the scariest one because, and and it's funny that he ends up becoming the main villain in the movie, which I I love because he's. I mean, he's the Chucky of that universe, man. That's just he really was. It was so damn creepy, but. yeah, actually, Adam's Adam's son, Cruise Man, is now getting into getting into goosebumps and all that stuff. So, oh, yeah. I've been giving saving doubles because I've been trying to build my collection on eBay. <laughs> so I've been saving all my doubles and giving them to him. I gave That's him like awesome. a nice stack the other day, and he's like, the day he got him, he's like ripping them open, like I just just can't get enough already. That's awesome. I love when people get into like back into reading and stuff like that, and everybody starts to read because yeah. I think reading, you know, Game of Thrones. You know, I think Tyrion said it best. You know, just like a sword needs a whetstone, you know, our brain needs sharpening, just like a sword. You know, you gotta read books. You know, you gotta that's yeah. that's the that is the whetstone. That is the sharpener. You know, that's the way you sharpen your mind. A, that's how you learn. You expand your vocabulary. B, that's how you learn to actually do some real sentence structure. And that's C- what I was just about <laughs> to say. Like you, you like once you start reading, you like I know linguistics, you know everything, you know dialects and all this kind of stuff. But Ebonics is really difficult to understand when English is all of a sudden, in the first place, the hardest language to understand yes. because there's words that everything in every dialect, regardless of whether it's Ebonics or whether it's you know down whatever the Geechee or the Gullah or you know down whether it's you know the stuff down in uh, uh, Louisiana or you know any accent that is vastly different. 
than yes. than the English norm. I think, although is a dialect, is a symptom of literacy. Yes, or illiteracy. Illiteracy. Yeah. Yeah. I should say. Reading those, I read. I read one the week that I got them. And I realized in reading that, I was like, okay, so this is why I type yeah. the way that I do. This yeah. is why I, I use the Oxford comma, or this is why I write a I'm specific Oxford, way. I'm an Oxford comma fan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is why I do This is why I do that. And well, I, I realized, like, making quotations within quotations, I realized just in R.L. Stein, one of the greatest writers of all time, I believe. He's awesome, man. <laughs> One of he's, the greatest writers of all time. I thought about cool, it. He's a cool writer. I think he is, he's I my think. favorite writer. I, I, I said that to Smitty or Adam or one of them the other day. I was like, after reading those books, I started, or no, I said it on the podcast. I was like, is R.L. Stein my favorite author? Because I've probably read more of his work than any other author. Other than maybe Paul. Because Paul wrote most of the Bible, right? Yes. As I, other than Paul, I probably have read more work by either Paul or R.L. Stein than any other author. And, and J.K. Rowling, I can probably count because I've read every single one of her books. But, but, uh, but still, in talking about J.K. Rowling and I Harry Potter, favorite, I really sorry I didn't mean to like no, space you're, out no, you're for good, a I think my favorite author might be Michael Crichton. Michael Crichton. I don't think I've ever read a single one of his books. I've seen his name on a bunch of them. Come on, Jurassic Park. I never read. Oh my god! Oh never my god! Read. The whole Jurassic Park series, based on the book, is like ridiculous. First of all, the movies are awesome. I do love Jurassic Park. That was the first movie I ever I saw in the theaters. Yeah. As a kid. Okay. First off, let me say this: the Jurassic Park one was by far. It, I mean, it still holds up today. Like it's just a movie masterpiece. Like it's yes. awesome. Like it's. I love every second of I it. I watch it all the time. Yeah, like it's a freaking great movie, and I love that book. It is very different from the book. Like it follows it very similarly and stuff like that. But obviously, they deviate because it's a movie kind of thing. Yeah, and I'm telling you, read the books. Like they're awesome. He wrote a book called Eaters of the Dead. That is my favorite book, and it reads horribly and it's slow and it's nothing but a manuscript from a. Middle Eastern ambassador to the North, like the Vikings. And what he does is he, he falls in love with this, uh, like guy's wife, like a chieftain or whatever. I can't remember, like a Sultan's wife. And he gets banished to the North as an ambassador. So he goes up there and there's these people who think they're bears. And so they, uh, are attacking this village and then they need 13 guys to come fight these bear people. So they, you know, they get 12 guys from that are Vikings, you know, from Norway, and then they need one man that's not from the North. So it's Antonio Banderas in the movie and it happens to be, he's from the Middle East, you know, if you get the, it's, yeah. the movie is the 13th warrior. If you've ever seen it, it's amazing. And then they go up to, I think I have seen that. Yeah. Then they go up to Norway and they fight these people that think they are <laughs> bears. They think they're bears. They think they're bears. Like it's not like they're just like dressing up like bears to scare people. It's they legitimately think they're bears. They live in caves. They wear these like headdresses. Like they know they're people, but they wear like bear headdresses. Like they think they're bears. And this the, the book is a really does a cool way of of translating that because it's it's like a manuscript. Like it's like information yeah. rather than a story. So it's I don't know the book really really struck with me because it was so written so well. <laughs> well, books foster for. Uh, What's the word I'm looking? Imagination, rather than rather than than 
movies who who rob you of any any sense of imagination. Movies will create the world for you rather than allowing you to create it for yourself. Well, yeah, but that's where I think plays. I guess that's not the right way to say they don't rob you of imagination, but they definitely don't. They guide you much. much Yes, yes. They they don't. They don't give you like if I'm. (laughs) You're not imagining what they look like. You're not imagining all that. Like they give you automatically what they look like. They tell you what's going on. They know what the world looks like already. They already give you all that information rather than you having to come up with it. There's starting from zero. I don't know if you played Dungeons and Dragons, but it's like, it's like, yeah, you would love, I don't know if you would love it, but I love playing Dungeons and Dragons. Like it's Patrick who plays trivia with me, who may be watching now. I don't know. Who may be watching, uh, does, does the Dungeons and Dragons thing. It's awesome. It's so much fun. It's like, it's like hypothetically having a kid, but you get to grow them up to like whatever age you want and you get to do, make them do whatever you want. That sounds really dubious. Yeah. Like my favorite thing to do is, is like derail a campaign. I know it's terrible and most everybody's probably listening that plays Dungeons the Dragon hates everybody who does this, but derailing a campaign is really fun. And it's when you take a campaign of like five or six people that are running around trying to do, you know, good in the world because everybody created good. And then my character decides we should maybe not be good we should be bad and like like <laughs> like in the recent one that we did uh we were all this we were in this town and we needed to get a you know we had to get from point a to point b but the only way to do it was to cross this huge ocean right yeah and so we needed to get the ship so we found this guy that would allow us to take this ship over to his place and then if we killed all the rats at the bottom of his ship. So we said, okay, cool. So we go down there and I'm this, you know, big, you know, barbarian. I'm running, you know, killing people, stomping on them, jumping around. And all of a sudden I knock over a box and it has this ax in it. And I was like, Oh, what is that? And so I told the dungeon master, I was like, Hey man, I'm going to grab that ax. And he says, okay. So I grab it. And as soon as I pick it up, it like gives me like a plus one, like thunder bonus. So whenever I swing it, it goes like, like yeah. thunder and it like creates like sonic damage to the, everyone around me. So we, are like walking upstairs in this thing and this the captain of the ship who was already a jerk to me in the first place let me be honest about this whole thing he wasn't happy <laughs> he wasn't happy with us so i was like already like irritated with him and he looked and he looks at me and he's like why do you have my axe and i was like i'm sorry man but by the looks of it it looks like it's mine <laughs> and, and so that started a fight, and then all of a sudden we kick his ass, and we take all of this is on board game. No, or, and the, or, it, there's or no, it's just imagination. You're sitting around a table, and you're talking just like this. But we have like character sheets with all of our information, all our stats, and stuff like this, and we're just talking. And then like everything happens, and I roll dice to see if I'm able to do it or not. You know, like you know, you get a chance to yeah. do it, just like in real life. And you roll a twenty sided die or a certain sided die to be able to do it. And then you have a dungeon master who tells the story. And Jesus, that sounds complicated. No, it's really not because you only control one person. You control you. Yeah. And uh, the dungeon master really has the hardcore job because he has to keep control of five, whatever, one to five people, however many you got in your party. And he controls the story. So he makes up everything. So he does everything. Like he creates, huh. he creates the world you're in and he does all this stuff. And there are books that teach you, uh, that show you exactly like I say, you want to be a human fighter. Okay. Well, you can turn to, you know, whatever page in the player's handbook and it'll give you all the stats that you need to do. And you just transfer them over to your paper and then you apply them. You say, Oh, I want him to use like, instead of a sword, you know, like a generic fighter, you're like, he's going to use like a falchion and you know, like this hardcore sword. And then he's like, Oh, he's going to wear padded armor. And you know, he gets this. And then all of a sudden, you know, he gets like, you know, like the the helm of impenetrability. You know, all these like crazy things that 
That's really crazy. Yeah, and like you get like pluses or minuses to your stats, so eventually you get to design your character. Like I had one character, his name was Baron Brooks. And he was, we used this modern campaign, it was called a horror story. And we played where we were running around like modern day everything. Yeah. But like they were vampires and stuff that were trying to kill us. So I created this character named Baron Brooks and he was this big black, he's like 6'8", and he weighed like 350 pounds and he was an MMA superstar. And all he did, he could, cause you know, he tried to, he was a regular human. So he tried to punch a vampire and it didn't do anything. So all he did was just spend exorbitant amounts of money to cause distractions so that the rest of the superhuman people in my party could take over these like crazy, like vampires and stuff. So it's playing your role basically. Yeah. You play your role and you have fun and you do what you do. It's kind of like a, a test play of how you want to live life or whatever you want to do. You can kind of look at it like that. Like you're like, it's like a video game, like an RPG or whatever, but it's. All 100% whatever you want to do. It's imagination by yourself. It's awesome. I don't know what I would do with that much control. It's raw imagination. That's what Dungeons and Dragons is. It's raw imagination. It's awesome. Because it can be in any setting. It doesn't have to be Lord of the Rings. It could be any setting. I did a Cowboy Bebop campaign one time that was awesome. We did one that was One Piece campaign. We did some that are, you know, generic elves and dwarves and stuff. You know, we did those. We did uh, campaigns where we did one here in Myrtle Beach. Where, uh, uh, like, a parasite took over everybody and controlled everybody's minds except for the party. And they were trying to, like, figure everything. It was a crazy campaign. It was amazing. That's what's happening out there right I now. Know, you right? hear it? Zombie apocalypse. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> so, so how- imagination is something that should be fostered. Sorry, to come back, like, full circle. I know yeah, that, I was just about to do that. Imagination is something that should be fostered. And stuff like Dungeons & Dragons, stuff like Disney, stuff like uh, playing music like you and I do, things like that, it should be fostered 100%. And I know we've kind of beat around the bush about a lot of different things. But when it comes down to it, whether you're inspired or not, you're 100% in control of that and you can help other people be inspired or you can help yourself be inspired or you cannot and it doesn't really matter and it's up to you and you're in control of that and for me i've decided to try and inspire myself and if somebody else wants to be inspired by it i 100 percent will do whatever i can to help you do that way you know if i accidentally inspire somebody come to me at the shop and talk to me and if i can help you in any way man i will like because what like i i don't know i just think we should help people we're all on this planet yeah. flying, you know, millions of miles an hour through space in a galaxy that is so small that we can't even find other galaxies. If you think, if you think like, of the if you think of the other side of that coin, which is that you either want everybody to succeed or you want everybody to fail. Yeah. So obviously you're going to choose succeed. You want everybody not all to, the time. Not a lot. Uh, not everybody chooses that, man. Well, yeah, I mean, but I'm just saying that in, 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 if, if you're presented with that question, you're going to say, oh, do you want to see everybody succeed or do you want to see everybody fail? I want Everybody's going to say, yeah. I want to see everybody succeed. But when it comes time to put that forth in life, it's really hard for people to... to well, yeah, but what do you define as succession? Like, what do you find as succeeding? Well, and I say, I, okay, I say that you don't want to not necessarily succeed, but just if you want to see people do well. Yeah. Or if you want to see people not well, do well. Well, I think that's where you have to decide. It's like, well, I, actually, I don't even think you should say succeeding. Yeah, I think, I, I think that was for, a poor for, word. For, for me, I think it's, I want people to be happy. Yes. Whatever that means. If that means if you're happy being miserable listening to emo music from 1993 and you're sitting in your house and you don't care... Freaking do you, man. I will I will go chill, listen to Bayside, <laughs> and, uh, like, man, I will just come in here and just 
you want some makeup? Like, <laughs> like I'll yeah. put, like, we can listen to some My Chemical Romance, man. Why like, not? Rock and What's down. the worst thing I can say? Exactly. Like, like, you know how many times I rock that out, like, on the way home from Charleston sometimes? Like, it. it's so good. It's my favorite time. Because I'm pointed at this right now. Brand new. Man. Yeah, right I, there. I, I, so, love, I love like, emo music. Like, Sequoia Prep School. Like, we can, like, roll the, like, we can go oh, to town. No, man. talk about Justin. That's what I'm saying. You can go to town and you can start doing all sorts of like that era of music, and that's totally cool because that's you. Yeah, it's okay, and and people, that's what people miss. I think they think that oh, I'm miserable. Well, that makes me I'm, I'm unhappy. If well, you want to be a curmudgeon, man, be a curmudgeon. It's cool. Well, I, I did I did a talk not long ago about how people take one aspect of their lives and yeah. they and they're one small thing about them. Oh, my my favorite and, is when people say they're smokers. Like, uh, like, uh, just, just, just random. I'm, I'm a smoker. Yeah. Like, like, like they, like that's their, like, oh, well he's a smoker. You define yourself by one action. Yeah. <laughs> I use the, I use the thing as a, uh, I use the thing as people who say that, that they're Christians or people who say that they're, uh, apply it I'm everywhere, a, man. In, in every single, in every single aspect or, or vegan or like, Hey, I'm a vegan, you know, every, or, or, Hey, I do CrossFit. Well, people or, are not doing it now to like, you, you know, know, their orientation. They're doing it like to everything, their political opinion, their religion. Yeah. They're, like, they, they're literally defining themselves by one aspect of their life, whether it be, you know, literally it could be a smoker. It could be homosexuality. It could be, you know, yeah. right wing politics. It could be anything. Like, there's a spectrum that goes, you know, a full circle yes. and, and they define themselves by one aspect, like you said. And it's, I don't know. I think it's good and bad all at the same time, because you got to have some sort of mantra. You got to have some sort of goal, you know, like mine is, you know, I want to, I don't know. I've got two tattoos right now and one reminds me to be kind. Yes. You know, and the other reminds me to be generous. You know, my third one is just on my foot, and it was terrible. Never get one on your foot. It hurts. Yeah. <laughs> I got one on my calf. It's yeah. just, it's, it's, it was, it's, it was it's, terrible. But the two on my shoulders, you know, I got one in Brazil to remind me always to be kind. You know, it's a tree of amity, you know, to always, like, be kind to yourself, be kind yes. to others kind of thing. And the other one is, you know, a green sea turtle for my grandmother. And, you know, it's to be generous, you know, always give to other people, you know, and, and, and really – don't just give monetarily, you know, you don't, doesn't have to be money. Yes. Yeah, give, give time, give emotions, you know, give a shoulder to cry on. If somebody has information, you know, give, give, or if you want information, somebody has like, give it to them. Like I have, I have people come in and ask me like re- that I think are ridiculously simple, dumb questions all the time at the shop. But from my perspective, I do it every day. Yeah. You know, it's, it's a little different. So I have to I have to take even me and what I think with a grain of salt. And that means being generous to yourself, being kind to yes, yourself, and giving yourself room to be okay and to be humble and to check yourself before you wreck yourself. You know, like, yeah. like, like mm. be, I don't know, self-sufficient. Emotionally, there you go. being self-sufficient emotionally. And that's and a really that's good a, way to look at it. Yeah. And that's kind of what I'm trying to do. And that's my mantra kind of thing. And that's, you know, that's my one thing that I'm sticking to that I'm living with kind of thing. And, and it sucks that some people choose, I don't know, things that people a either hate or don't understand, or they choose hate as the thing they want yes. to like back behind. And you know, it's, it's, it sucks, man. Negativity. Like, why do you want to, like maybe I maybe I just don't understand why somebody wants to live a life full of negativity. I was that person for a really long time and it took me it took me like stepping outside of my normal life and looking yeah. at at like say if I encountered me and somebody else like and I'm like oh fuck like that that's not 
anybody who I want to be around. And it and it's caused me to alter everything about me, which is why I started doing the podcast thing, you know, started like trying to every outlet is a good outlet, man. And yeah. I think I think that's something that people don't get. You have to have some sort of outlet. Doesn't matter what it is. Absolutely. Paint. Freaking play music, man. Design. A creative outlet. Yeah, it doesn't matter what it is. And it could be like the dumbest thing in the world. Like make like color pine cones with glitter, man. Do like, something. Like yeah. you're like, hey, I want to make some dioramas. Like, all right, yeah. bring it, let's like let's do it. Like you want to create a song, like that's awesome. Write a freaking tune. It doesn't matter if it's Whittle Wood. Whittle Wood, man. Do, do I know anything. a guy who went and bought a lathe from Harbor Freight and now makes wands and sells them on Etsy just because that's what he wanted to do. Yeah. He makes good money doing it. And he was bored and that's what he said he wanted to make a wand to see if he could do it. Oh man, I gotta get a lathe. Dude, you can go I've been doing like all a, my shit for a hand by dude, hand. I know they're like two fifty for a nice one. You can get like hundred and fifty bucks over there at uh, Harbor Freight and it's one literally that just like that. Like wand perfect. It's amazing. Mm, see, like, now here like, I am it, trying to save money in the wintertime. I'm about to have to go spend listen, 150 listen. on Harbor Freight. Here's the thing about saving money. <laughs> save your money. Do what's things right because you do have things you got to pay for. It's getting sick, your car yeah. messing up, you know, your, your bills and stuff like that. But when it comes to spending money on yourself, you have to make sure that you're happy. Yeah, absolutely. If it's something that you're... If not for your sake, for those around you. Yeah, man, because if you're unhappy, you bring everybody else down. And not to say that that's any reason why to not be unhappy or whatever like that. You know, you should always focus on yourself. You should always make sure you're okay. You know, your opinion matters. And if you're unhappy, that's great. Be unhappy. But I think if you don't want it and you want to get out of it and you want to do something like that, man... Talk to some people. Do something. Get a great outlet. Paint like Bob Ross. You know, like I said, create a freaking podcast if you want to. Like yeah. I said, I want to make one called Zen Nudes, man. All the noodle dishes around town. I think it'd be great. <laughs> Dude. Like, random, random things are fun in your life. Have the have the audacity and the courage to explore your own imagination, man. Like, it's okay to be weird and it's okay to be normal. Like, I can't wait to be a no- like I'm already a normal white person. Like I love coming home, sitting on the couch, having dinner parties, and you know yeah. pizza rolls and stuff like that. Watching like, Netflix, yeah, and that's totally cool, <laughs> and it's a totally okay thing because it's okay to be you, and it yeah. doesn't matter whether you're right in the middle or whether you're freaking on every end of the spectrum, man. Be you, man. It's like freaking eep op orc ah ah, man. That means, that means I love you. I don't know if you've ever seen the Jetsons, man, but like that's like one of my favorite songs from my childhood, and it literally means like eep op orc ah uh, uh, means I love you, and it's the most weirdest thing I've ever heard in my life. But why the hell not? Why the hell not? Watch that episode of the Jetsons. It's really awesome. It has a song that's like a whole song called Eep Op Orc Ah. Uh, it's really good. <laughs> so. Love everybody. Well, that's like look at my shirt, man. It's like. Freaking turn up, turn the, up love. the love. Like, How about just that? be kind to yourself, man. Mine says hangry hippo. Hangry, hangry hippo. Eat something. Yeah, I had a couple sandwiches earlier. There you go. Yeah. I'm just saying, man, I don't know. With the whole being inspired with Disney and everything, it all really boils down to the whole thing with me is the reason I love Disney so much is because it inspires me. It inspires me to try and be a good person to me. It inspires me to want to be a good person for my nephew, for my niece, you know, for all my cousins, all my parents, you know, like everybody in my family. It makes me, and my friends even, it makes me want to try and be good to them. Yes. And Disney was the first thing to really inspire me to want to be good to myself, you know, and explore my own imagination. And like I said, whether it was whether I related to like 
Eeyore or, you know, Robin Hood or, you know, whatever random character, it was, that was okay because you were able Disney's to Disney's large enough to where you can, no matter, <clears throat> excuse me, where you are in your life, you can find a Disney character to relate to yourself and your situation. Even as an adult, man, there, there's... And the way out of that situation. Yeah. Like, I, I relate to Moana. I know that's a weird thing like that, but I relate to that urge to, like, to go. Yeah. Like, like you got to go explore the world. And I think that's why I relate to that movie so much. And I know I'm, you know, 29-year-old guy who works on guitars. You know, I'm like a normal random weirdo. But Moana is something that I think I connected with because of that mentality. And yeah. and, and Lin-Emmanuel, you know, with the music and everything, he really did a good job of using that outlet for him to help inspire other people. And I think his passion and who he is as a person also came through the movie and everything. And that's, you know, like that option to go, you know, that mentality that, you know, you, you need to do something regardless of what it is, like find that urge, you know, like it's, uh, 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 it's like star Wars, man. Like the, the greatest thing that ever happened in Luke Skywalker's life was that he destroyed the death star. That's the biggest and baddest thing he ever did. Yeah, man, go out and find your freaking death. Find your death star. Like, Kick some ass, find some Death Star, regardless of what it is. Find your Death Star. Like That's the thing. Avet Brothers, decide what to be and go be it. Oh, my God. I love you is my favorite album. Man. Smitty <laughs> pounds those words a lot. He's got a t-shirt with that on it. But, yeah, it's, tr- it's true. Like <clears throat> Decide what to be and go be it is, is the simplest is the simplest advice you could ever give somebody or and, don't or don't decide and be a librarian figuring yourself out for the whole life for your whole life man and that's okay too and that's where people think and i yeah. think like don't stop at just deciding like a transitional period is fine be cool with whatever you got going yeah. on man like it's all be you be be personal with yourself because be you're honest. the only one here yeah, be You're honest the only with you, one of you here. That's my thing. That's when you say you have that. That's your your yeah. mo all the time. That you say mine is honest. Yeah, be honest. Be honest with me. I would rather someone be rude to me and honest than kind and dishonest. I, I mean, I used to work at Carabas, and I had a guy. He ordered me, or he ordered something, and it usually comes with four, and he usually gets six because you know somebody was nice to him. You know, every couple times. Yeah. He comes. Well, he came and he was a jerk to me and he called me a liar because I told him it usually comes in four. Well, I didn't have that very well. And I, I wouldn't man lying is like the worst thing. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry. You do not lie to people. Yeah. Like, don't I, do I, I'm sorry. It's just not don't fun. Do don't lie to yourself. Cause as soon as you start doing that, as where soon as you lie to somebody else, you're lying to yourself, man. Miscommunication is the worst thing you can possibly do in your life. And I promise yeah. you all of your problems. I don't care what get what you got going on. I promise you all of them. If you have a single issue in your life, it's probably somewhere having to do with some sort of miscommunication issue where somebody cannot communicate correctly, whether they communicate angrily or whether they just are refusing to understand or whatever's yes. going on. There's a communication issue it's not the issue isn't the issue it's a communication issue absolutely fight the problem not the symptom people sorry <laughs> dude you have so many da- so many of these little little nuggets of wisdom man. sorry man i just kind of 29 year old see and i'm i'm sitting here thinking that my own way <laughs> you're saying that moana is the one that inspires you the most mine is sword in the stone See, that's awesome. Like, that's freaking great. Mine is the sword and the stone. Like, I really just feel like I, I, I had been given this 
this this power at a young age and I didn't understand it. But Wart or Arthur had Merlin and Archimedes to help guide him on his way. Yeah. And I was like, I, I just felt like as I started playing music at a very young age and it just made sense to me. It just it just clicked. And it was like I was given this 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 immense power. It's awesome to manipulate. It's these, a superpower. These man. these things. It's a superpower. And <laughs> it really is. It truly is. Like, and I was like, "What do I do with this thing?" Mm-hmm. And then you you go through those years where it's like, "Well, yeah, yeah, I was given this power. Of course I was." You Everybody's know, a douche at one point. You know, man. of course I was. But then you get to the point where you realize, "Oh shit, I don't." Somebody checks you up one day, and it's like, oh, so that's the thing that I thought I was, and obviously I am not. Man, everybody deserves to get beat up. Oh yeah, absolutely. Emotionally, whether it's emotionally, at least physically, once. whatever, at it is, least like, once. Like mentally, like like everybody deserves to get beat up because not because everybody deserves something bad to them, but, but everybody because, needs to know they don't want to feel that again. Yeah, the human experience is not just good. Yes, it's absolutely. And and people forget that, and they think it won't like you want to be good, but what is like. Happiness doesn't feel good if there's nothing on the other side. Dude, out of all of those bands that I was in that didn't work and all of those times that I got close to making it mm-hmm. and didn't make it were the best things that's ever happened to me. Man, I don't I don't care what anybody says. Some of my favorite times I've ever had was riding in the back of bands with like not showering, being playing shows to nobody, getting paid next to nothing, riding around with your friends, doing some of the like playing your music. Yeah. And it beat the hell out of my psyche, and it made me depressed, and it nothing worked, and it sucked. But I'll tell you right now, I wouldn't trade those moments for anything. It those, made me who exactly who I am. Those negative things that happen to you in your life are mm. twice as important as the positive things that happen, if you Absolutely. ask me. Like, if you burn your hand on the oven... Like you're not gonna do it again. <laughs> Damn right. And if and if nobody ever burns a hand on the oven, you're great. not gonna know it's hot. Like, great. It's, it's simple, like, yeah, I, good, I don't hope for you. Yeah, I really hope you don't do it. Good but. for you. But guess what? Yeah, you didn't learn the the way that we did. Yeah, man. And, Anywho, yeah, sorry. We we digress. No, you're good. But so uh, we, we're coming up on the two hour mark. Any? Oh, uh, sorry. No, you're good, man. Uh, any. Any random final thoughts you want to leave with the the good listeners out there? I don't know. We've kind of been on a on a subject by accident, like with Disney. Well, that's and why that's why I text you, and I'm like, I don't want to do, any, do bullet any points. Yeah. I don't want to do any of that because I don't want to get in the way of natural conversation. Yeah, and and I didn't have anything. Like to be honest, I didn't know what to expect in here, and I didn't know what to talk about, and I didn't know anything. I didn't have any idea. Well, there's nothing to, to expect. Or yeah, nothing there's to, nothing you know, to expect. There's nothing to expect, and. I don't know. My favorite part about this whole situation right now is that a, I like discussing like philosophy and like, you yeah, know, and things like absolutely. that, things like that. But like, if there's one thing I can tell anybody out there, I don't know if you're asking me if there's one bit of wise information that this old, yeah, absolutely. Has, Something like a Man, touchstone. Yeah. Be yourself. Be like, feel free to explore your imagination. Feel free to explore you, regardless of whether that is. Like, like be a musician. Be a be painter. Weird. Be weird. Like, I know everybody says, you know, like, keep Austin weird, man. Like, keep you weird. It doesn't matter what it is. Like This Austin, go. too. Yeah, I'm, I'm a weirdo, so please <laughs> come see me at the shop. I promise you I'll talk your ear off about random nothings. <laughs> and, and it's totally cool. But... 
explore whatever that might be. I have an obsession with guitars. And then when I go to a concert, I tell everybody I'm with what kind of guitar those band, like that band is playing with and what year it is or what year I think it is and how much I think it is. Yeah. Like it's worth. That's my obsession. I know everybody thinks it's annoying and that's totally cool, but that's what I like. And that's, what's cool with me. And we are only on this world for what? 80 years max on like the regular max. Yeah, dude, yeah. come on. It's, there's not enough time in this world to just not be you be freaking you. It doesn't matter. Find your death star, like live your truth. Do you, it doesn't matter whether that's it's so good. Find like, your death star. Seriously. Like I said, man, it's, I think that's might be my favorite thing I've said all night. And it's, that right there, like just take whatever Disney, whatever, you know, Harry Potter, whatever Lord of the Rings, like Pink Floyd, anything that inspires you. Just let it inspire you. Find your death star. Let yourself be okay. Cause it's not that people don't know themselves. It's that every time something comes up, they don't really want it. It's inconvenient or they don't like it. Okay. Well, I'm sorry. Keep pushing at it until all of a sudden it's the right time because I can't tell you how many times I was inspired and it was inconvenient. But then finally my we synced up and my inspiration synced up with the time I had. Yeah, and, and sometimes sudden, you're just not prepared for that moment when it happens, you know, mentally yeah. or whatever. And that's okay. You need some time to grow first. Hey, man, grow. Feel okay grow. with growing. Be okay with being you, man. And that's the problem. Life's a, a garden, man. Yeah. Dig it. Straight up. Do you. End of story. I don't care what anybody says. That's good, man. That's a good message. That's a good lifestyle. That's a good way to live. And I, I can see that you actually live that. You actually believe I try. that. I really, I really try to live that way, like, in my own life. I want to be generous to That's myself. Good. Like, you have to, man, Tomorrowland. If you've never seen that movie, you get two wolves, and they're fighting. Which wolf is going to win? The one you feed. The one you feed. The one you feed. End of story. Which wolf are, do you want to continue feeding? Negativity? You want to pick that one thing in your life that defines you. You want to do. You want to feed feed the one wolf yep. that 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 breeds something that you don't like, or you, whatever your relationship or your job, whatever like that. Don't feed that wolf. That wolf is ugly and fat and nasty. Feed and the right like, wolf. Yeah, feed the freaking sexy wolf that's over sitting over this way that you yeah. know leads to happiness and is beautiful and wants. To be whatever you want to be. If you want to dress like Spawn, dress like Spawn. If you want to walk around in a uh, wedding wearing a Batman costume, freaking do it. Do whatever makes you happy. Be as normal or as weird as you want to be because that is what matters. Which is one of the lasting impressions that Stan Lee left on the world. Really? I mean, I love him and I'm glad that's... Be yourself. Use your imagination. That's... In my opinion, that is the, that's, that's it for me. Like that is, that's why that is the thing. Be you, be yourself. Fun times. Well, brother Austin, this has been outstanding. 
This has been wonderful. I don't want a, a blast, and I'm sorry if I talked to everybody. No, 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 man. No, that's what this is for. That's what these things are for, man. I love it. Uh, but, yeah, I, I really like the the uh, natural conversation without any, any sort of plans. or. Yeah. And, obviously, we didn't plan any of this other than the last few months that I've been going into the, to the shop, to the shop stuff, buying yeah. these uh, this board, these microphones, <laughs> stand. <laughs> Think you bought everything you're using from me except for the computer and the Miva. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, literally, you, you guys are responsible for all of the equipment using here. So, uh, 544 Sound Systems on 544. Go do that. Come see me. I'll fix your guitars, your amps, your speakers, whatever you got going on. Come on. See me. All the shit. All right, y'all. Well, so you've said Queer Eye. Anything else you want them to watch? Parks and Rec. Of course. That's the good thing. Um, you know, the obviously, The Office. Best... Avatar The Last Airbender. If you haven't watched it, give it a chance. I promise you it's well worth it's not just a kid's show. Huh. The Netflix? Uh, I'm not sure. It might still be on Netflix. Show that's on Netflix right now that you should watch, Jane the Virgin. It's a Mexican soap opera. It's freaking hilarious. Jane the Virgin. I just watched Big Mouth last night. Uh, I can't do it. It's just too much. It's just too much for me. Yeah, I can't do it. Mm. It's the wildest I'm show. Like a, I'm like a bad television show person. Like I like that '70s show and stuff like that. So I, like, <laughs> yeah, like, I like like Waterworld and bad movies and television stuff. Dude, so. I like the dirtier it is, the better I like it. I don't know why, but it, it, it is hilarious. I can dig it. Anyway, no oh, goodness, I just lost something in my there you headphone. Go. There you go. Oh, lost it right there. Oh, there we go. It's the. There we go. SpongeBob. SpongeBob. <laughs> that that'll that'll be good for your uh, inner child. SpongeBob is good. Yeah, I, I saw the uh, a, a table reading of the guy who does the voice for SpongeBob the other day. It was pretty funny. We'll watch the first four seasons. That's the, those are the good ones. All right, first four seasons of SpongeBob. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I appreciate you for hanging tight in there with us. Uh, be good people. In a world full of people making the decision to be shitty people, do not be one of those people. Be a good person. I've been signing off my podcast with that basically for every episode for a, a little while now. Well, don't be a shitty person to yourself either, friends. That's right. Don't be a shitty person yourself. Take care of yourself. Love yourself. Be good people. All right. Love you. Peace, bitches. Bye.